Good morning, it's Danger Dan here in the talk shop in Red River, New Mexico. Today's episode I recorded with Oliver Jones, a.k.a. the cut rate on the gram. You may know as, well, at least the way I know him, is one of the baddest fucking chopper builders around. Um, do the choppers, he's builder fucking sick, and it was really cool. Sit down and talk. We didn't even talk much about the choppers, honestly. Uh, he was on a Pan American and listening to his plans uh, to customize that was really sick. You're going to enjoy this. He's on a cross-country trip. We met up in Milwaukee during the 120th anniversary, which was fucking sick. I got to see the Foo Fighters, Cody Jinks, hung out at the museum. Got to see my bike in the museum. It'll be there for the next few months at the Mama Tried exhibit if you have a chance to swing by and check it out, there's a bunch of wicked bikes. And then, you know, the standard historic fucking heritage that they have done such an amazing job of curating and collecting over the years. Um, you know, just showcasing Harley Davidson and the history behind it. It's pretty fucking amazing. And I, you know, I got a fucking special tour that I just, I'm still kind of beside myself that they got you know, that they let me go back there and show me some of that stuff. So go by, tell them I sent you and, uh, enjoy this podcast with Oliver Jones. So it is uh, Wednesday, I don't know what the date is, uh, it's the week, what do we got? A week and a half before Sturgis, not even quite that, it's like Sturgis starts next Friday. Me, Jake Hines, Matt Best, and Nick Farringer are fixing to hop on for Harley-Davidson Pan Americas and ride ooh, the Colorado BDR all the way to Sturgis. We're going to do the tail end of the New Mexico BDR, then do... Probably the top half or the bottom half of the Wyoming BDR before we cut over and land in Sturgis. And it's going to be so sick. Right now we're outfitting the bikes and, uh, you know, just trying to figure out how it's all going to pack down. We're going to go on a little test ride later this afternoon through Red River and around the trail system up here. And, uh, you know, do a little shakedown before we hit the road. I'll record a podcast at the beginning, maybe the middle part and the end, or just the beginning and the end. I'm not sure exactly uh, how this will go down, but it's going to be really rad to uh, spend the next like eight, nine days camping on the trail, riding the bikes, headed to Sturgis. Fucking wicked. I did this two years ago when I first got that Pan America that I rode to South America. So it'll be cool to do it with some friends. You know, I started this trip with my good friend Randall last time and we ended up, uh, dude, we pushed it hard and fucking smoked a clutch on his bike. And, uh, unfortunately he wasn't able to continue on. Uh, so hopefully, you know, that won't happen this trip. Uh, I got some fucking serious riders. Nick Farringer is one of the baddest dudes on a dirt bike I've ever ridden with. I can't wait to see what he does on this Pan America. We got him on a, a yellow one, Jake and Matt are on two black ones. And uh, it's going to be wicked cool. Uh, Sturgis, though. So Saturday, there is a Prism Supply Pool party at the Harley-Davidson booth in Sundance Square. Sunday, there's a Chopper's Magazine 
show at the Harley Davidson booth in Sundance Square. Is it Sundance Square or is it just Sundance? Anyways, it's in Sundance. Um, Full Throttles doing a fucking chopper show with Bling Cycles, I think on Wednesday. Uh, There's the Sportster Showdown on Tuesday at the the campground, Camp Zero. Uh, Pat from Lead Sled has got a bunch of sweet things planned. And, uh, dude, it's always a party hanging out with the Lead Sled crew. I hope to see all of you guys in Sturgis. And, um, you know, what else is happening in Sturgis? Oh, yeah, there's this fucking chopper party at Sasha's on Friday. I might even stay all the way till Friday. I mean, that'd be a whole fucking week in Sturgis. That seems like a lot. Um, And from there, I got Carrie Brobeck from Chopper's Magazine hauling my Pan America to Virginia City for the Virginia City Roundup, which happens on, what day does that happen? That is August 26th in Virginia City. It's a fucking Chopper show. It's a rodeo. The morning of the 20th, so there's a party Friday night. Uh, a couple of badass bands are playing. And then the morning of the 26th, I'm going to do a ride around the Virginia City Adventure Loop. If you have an adventure bike, a Pan America, whatever, a dirt bike, and you want to do that, um, I'll have more details as we get closer. And we'll do that before we go to the rodeo that afternoon. It'd be wicked cool. Um, from there, I'll be headed back, taking pictures of my bike at all the penitentiaries on the way because... The party at the Pen show is happening September 2nd and 3rd in Boise, Idaho. Check out Party at the Pen on the Gram. Uh, last year we did the furthest ridden, got an award. What do you call that? The fucking long ass award, whatever it is. This year we're doing it differently. Whoever takes their picture of them and their bikes on their way to the Party at the Pen at as many penitentiaries as possible is going to win a 12-month subscription to MC Shop Tees. And whatever Luke comes up with from Chop Merchandise. He uh, he does a bunch of shirts, uh, just other small merchandise. He does knives. He does some wicked stuff. Check him out. Party at the Pin Show is going to be sick. Unfortunately, I won't be there, but I will be participating just to be a part of it as I ride back home. My wife's birthday is that weekend, and I cannot be missing that. Um, pretty sick. I'm going to ride an adventure bike all the way to Sturgis, and then... These guys are hauling my chopper. I wasn't even sure how I was going to get home from fucking Sturgis. So the fact that they're hauling my chopper and I get to ride it back is pretty fucking sick. Um, um, how many times have I said, um, anyhow, this show is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your t-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every single motorcycle shop. That's right. Each month we feature a different shop and we do a one-off print t-shirt that's only available through mc shop tees uh next month's shop is he-man fab out of indianapolis daniel he-man has been building frames for a long time for a lot of people that you know uh right now he does it under his own brand he-man fab and he also does springer's full custom builds he's a fabrication wizard and uh dude just a fucking wild card i'm sure he'll be at sturgis as well i look forward to spending the night with him uh, so go sign up at MC Shop Tees. The only way you're going to get this shirt is by subscribing. It's cool. He did one. This is a little different. This is a. This was his idea too. He he just wanted to do a sketch, you know, like kind of when he draws up a frame before he builds it. And you know, he's not like a, a graphic artist by any stretch, but he drew, 
you know, he just drew what he does for his shirt. And then I had Nick Resty from uh, Birmingham of the Haints. He kind of like vectorized it and, you know, put it all together and made it so we could print it up. So it's a cool little collab that, uh, you know, it's like a piece of what he does to build these frames, which I thought was really rad. It's pretty simple, but it's, uh, it's just a cool design. It's a, it was a great idea, and I was stoked that we did something like that. And we got some other cool ideas coming up in the future, so go sign up at mcshoptees.com. If you, um, if you want to support the show but you don't want any more T-shirts, go to dangerdancetalkshop.com. There is a uh, Patreon support tab where you can donate 5 bucks a month. And it just keeps this show on the road so I can keep pumping content to you. You know, I did this podcast while I was in Milwaukee. On the way back from Milwaukee, I recorded a podcast with Traveling Chopper Charlie, dude. You know, I recorded a podcast with him at the beginning of his trip around the world where he ended up going into fucking Russia and riding the road of bones. And it was really cool because we contacted or we connected at my house when he started that trip and then... You know, I got to go to his house in Colorado and, you know, just get a report of how the whole trip went. And it was super rad. But that's made possible by listeners like you. Five bucks a month through Patreon. You know, I got $100 gift cards I give out from Lowbrow Customs because those motherfuckers support me and they will support you too. Check them out. Lowbrowcustoms.com. And they support, you know, they sell products from a lot of rad people like Lead Sled Customs. I think they've got Martian Machine on there. They've got Prison Supply. They've got Nick Farringer's family company, Cycle Electric. So, you know, to buy all those things, go to lowbrowcustoms.com. They also sell Bates Baja tires, which is what I run on my chopper. They got Pan Am oil, which is what I put in everything I have. So go check out lowbrowcustoms.com. On top of that, every $5 you submit through my Patreon till the end of the year will put you in a running to win an expedition thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Motorcycle Sherpa is who I've been in Nepal with uh, twice now. Once in 2019, once in 22. And they're fucking phenomenal trips. And, uh, you know, somebody's going to win a trip and get to go with me on one of these expeditions. If you would like to go, but you don't want to wait on winning, <clears throat> we have we have a few spots left. I talked to Bear. I think he said there's already 10 people signed up, and we're going to probably cut it at 12 or 13. Um, we've done bigger groups, 15, 16 in the past, but it's, you know, we like it a little bit more intimate. So there's only a few spots left. Go to MotorcycleSherpa.com. The Ride to the Heavens trip, November 3rd through the 15th, I believe, is first the first trip to Nepal in November. That's what you want to sign up for. And I've already got some rad friends coming. I hope that you will go sign up because <clears throat> you're going to fucking love it. I'm looking forward to it. So MotorcycleSherpa.com. Go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. You've heard it all. Let's get into this podcast with Oliver Jones. And if you're curious, look him up at The Cut Rate. I'm telling you, he is one of my favorite builders. And he's he's got a wild style, but it's very... You know, it's so fucking tasteful and clean and he, different. He's got his own fucking style. He's one of those builders, when you see his bike, you know it's him. I mean, everything from, like, the pan heads he's built, the FXRs. He, we talk about the soft tail he built recently that, you know, he did the Born Free Edition Harley. It's, uh, 
Just wicked cool. And the, what he's going to do to this Pan America is going to fucking melt some minds. It's totally, uh, you know, outside the, what do you call it? Anyways, you'll hear more about it. Let's get into this podcast with Oliver Jones. I'm Oliver, you. how's the trip been? It's been good. Yeah. It's been uh, long, I guess. I really? Mean, I, I, you You're know, only halfway there, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I take that back. It's actually not been very long. It's been quick, but getting like getting here has been a little bit of a time crunch, you know. So I wasn't like, oh, let me just go like enjoy yeah, the. Ch- this wasn't gonna wait on you. The rest of it, no, you get, you're gonna exactly. Be the rest is just kind of whatever. I have a lot of time in between, but yeah, getting here was sort of a kind of a rush. I yeah. Well, I there's a lot. In between here, where'd you start from? I started in Long Beach, oh, yeah. and then basically rode uh, the first day up to like Bend, Oregon. Okay. And then damn, that's a good day, right? The whole fucking. I I ba- mean, how well, many miles is that? Well, I basically I didn't make it all the way to Bend. I left and made it to um, uh, like Klamath Falls, basically, like okay. almost. So like just California border. Spent the night there. That was six the first day. Uh, a quick. Th- because I, I had to meet a guy. 600 miles the first day. Yeah. yeah so so had to meet a Through dude. Through California. That seems like a lot, really. Yeah, and like I, I've done a million cross country. So I, I like every time I'm like, all right, I'm not just going to do the same thing. So I set my GPS like no highways, like yeah. all, ba- all two lane. So I took like 395 basically up past Mammoth all the way up basically to the top of California. Spent the night there because I had to meet a dude the next morning in Klamath Falls um, to look to look at some parts. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I go. I went to a dude pl- who like lived completely off grid, like five miles down a dirt road. Really. So I was like, okay, first first day Pan America, like it's you know all, it's an adventure bike. I've t- I'm glad I'm glad this trip I've done more adventure than I probably ever have, and more than. Uh, I planned on doing. It was already like, more than you planned on doing. Yeah, totally. Like not. What's your off-road experience? None. Oh, zero. Sick. So sick. Like ridden, a, you know, my friend's dirt bike, like in a field a couple times. I like, mean, I think that's, that's one of the, my favorite parts about this bike is the off-road. Getting people. What? Well, oh, just the possibilities. You know, like going off-road and seeing people that have never been off-road go see. Because you said you put in your GPS. Stay off the highways. Yeah. This can take it to a whole nother level. It's like stay off the fucking roads, you know, where you can like really get away from, you know, you go from the people on the highway that are like trying to get somewhere quick yeah. to the two laners where everybody's a little bit more chill. Yep. And then you get to the off-road people where they're like on vacation. Yeah. Everybody you run into is just fucking, you know, yeah. in no rush at all. I, I mean, you know, my plan with this bike from the get-go has, I mean, my plan from the get-go basically has to make a sport touring street version of the Pan Am. Like that was like, I, I know it's off-road capable. We, yeah. You proved that, tons of people have proved that. I'm like, I think the bike is good for like the way I ride, which is cross country, around town, sport touring, weekend trips kind of thing. And like up the performance, up all this stuff a little bit and just make it more kind of like T-sport inspired, like okay. more like kind of sport, just sport touring basically. Yeah. So. I was not planning on doing any off-road on this thing at all, and it just like happened to be like, you're going down this dirt road for five miles, and there's you know sand and rocks and shit. No problem. I mean, it was I had no issues there. So anyway, first day did that. 
went to Bend, Oregon the next morning, and they basically just hung out for the day with Mike Davis from Born Free. Yeah, that so is... I know Mike forever, and he moved up to Bend, and like I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna make a trip and go see Mike. So went to Bend, spent the night. The next day, Bend to basically east of Jackson, Wyoming. So mm-hmm. like uh, Dubois is actually the town I stopped in. I, w- I was trying to camp in um, Yellowstone or in like in Jackson, yeah. but it was it was just <coughs> pat- everything people. was filled. Yeah. So I just like I hit a KOA on the <coughs> other side, but that was like eight hundred that day. Um, God, you were sitting on that thing, mm-hmm. and you didn't mm-hmm. do any. I mean, I saw it out there. I mean, it looks it's just bone stock. I did a seat. You I did, did do. Seat? I mean, Saddleman did a seat with me. Um, I mean, I did the exhausts, intake, uh, risers. I guess I didn't look that close to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I modded the uh, the crash bars to put highway pegs on it. and But, I mean, I See, I did that much. to mine, and I, I fucking don't use them near as much as I thought I would. I, I, I had really no... I had, like... When I left, I had 600 miles on the bike. So I had, like... And that was, like, me, like... Okay, I'm gonna go ride this to San Diego and back, so I can like put more miles on it to do the first oil change before I leave, so I don't have to do it on the road and yeah, be yeah. crunched for time. So I kind of just like, yeah, I didn't really have a whole lot of like seat time on the bike, but I knew instantly like, okay, yeah, these bars are like they're too far forward or mm-hmm. the seats this that. So yeah, I did do a seat. Um, I still got a little more tweaking to do on that, but I, I kind of changed the seating position a little bit, made it a little more upright. And I knew the highway pegs. I mean, it's not that it's any more comfortable having your legs like that. It's just that being able to like move your so legs. Just an, yep. another place to yep. position yep. yourself. So, uh, yeah, I, I made it to Jackson. Or no, I, I got to Jackson. It was filled up. I went another like 85 miles to this little town right on the other side of the park, which was actually, I mean, that bike dude riding, I'm like really impressed at like the highway mode, you can just ride and it just cruises and it floats, you know, and then going through the park and twisties and stuff, it's just like hit the button on sport mode and it's like, it tightens up. Dude, I love it like holding the throttle and hitting the button, feeling, yep. Yeah. Oh, feeling yeah. it change. Yes. Like literally you notice it. Yeah. There was a, I mean, this is, I have another new soft tail, but it's not as, it's pretty bare bones in terms of like, it doesn't have heated grips or any of that kind of shit. I mean, dude, I, I honestly, I like those things a lot. Like, they, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, it was 105 degrees the, that day. I camped. It was 41 degrees at night. And the next morning, obviously, coming out of the mountains, it's cold. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit, it helps. I mean, it makes dude, a difference. I fucking broke my my hand warmers oh. the first weekend. Oh, that I had sucks. to bike to you. Over two years ago. Yeah, that sucks. Because it's actually like, it's not, I mean. Oh, yeah, it's nice. My hands are all, I, I can dress warm enough, but my hands will go. Like, it doesn't matter. Like They're in the, yeah. I mean, just fucking and, ruined. you know, like, you, I always pack, like, a different set of gloves. Or, like, I, I kind of prepare for this shit because, I, like I said, I've done it enough times. But no matter what you bring, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to, or, like. When you're riding, you're like, man, I just got on this bike. I don't, I'm situated in the seat. I don't want to stop, pull over, pull the other no, gloves no, out, get off yeah. the bike, start again. So you're just like, oh, fuck it. And you just go and you just turn, you know. So the hand warmer's sick. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, but now, you, have you ever put those on any other bikes? No. No. I mean, no. I've had heated gloves before because yeah. uh, 
I, I've done like, I'd say half my cross country rides are like late October from the East Coast to, he, to oh, yeah. California. So, I mean, I hit snow in certain spots. Mm -hmm. and uh, So yeah, I mean, I always- The heated I, gloves are pretty sick. Yeah. But again, tend to be like ski gloves, like super thick and kind of yeah. not, you know, not the they're best. They're not great for riding. No. Period. No. But they're, they're, they are a lifesaver because it, I, you know, again. You keep going. Yep. You can keep going. And that's, it's, you know, I don't know. I kind of get in a zone sometimes and I'm like, I just want to go. Yeah. You know. So uh, let's see. The next, the next day I went from um, that Dubois. <clears throat> now the camp, you stayed at a KOA yeah. on the east side. Yeah. Just out of Yosemite. Like. Come out of the park. Yosemite, Yellowstone. Yellowstone, right. Yeah, in Wyoming. In Wyoming, yeah, yeah, Yellowstone, okay. rather. Uh, came down east side of the park, like, got there at, like, 9 at night, so it was, like, just enough time to, like, set up. Isn't that, like, Chief Joseph right there? Or Chief Joseph is north. I'm not sure. I know Cody's north of there, yeah, which I, I wanted to hit Beartooth Path, but I, I couldn't. Have you done that before? I haven't, and I, I know I need to. Oh, man. Everyone tells me I need to. Oh, man. So, um, <clears throat> Beartooth Pass. Like if you're coming from the south and you come down, when you're coming down it, there's like, it seems like just fucking short switchbacks, but they're, it's crazy. So you go down and there's a dirt road of switchbacks that goes up the other side where then you can then look at oh. the fucking paved switchbacks. Oh, sick. It's mind blowing because it, it doesn't feel like that when you're on it. Like, cause you just see these long roads that cut across that mountain. But really, they're going like it's going like that when you're on it. It's fucking crazy. I, I might try to hit it on the way home or something. Yeah. Just because, um, yeah, I know I, there was someone told me that uh, it might they might close it or something. Like I, that's what I heard. Like they they might close it forever. I don't know what that means, but yeah. I haven't been there, and I need. I, Makes me want to go back this yeah, year while I'm up there. I feel like okay, I gotta go before it's gone yeah. at least. Yeah. But um. Yeah, that, that place, you know, whatever. Just grab a, a, just, I brought a tent and all that shit, so I slept. Um, Do you normally camp when you were doing this, or is this bike kind of inspired that as well? I normally bring a tent, and I got a lot of friends all over the place, so I yeah. kind of like, I use this trip to also kind of, I use these trips to sort of visit friends, like, mm -hmm. which also sort of inspires, like, okay, I got to make it to this city, or I got to make it to here. Yeah. So, there is a lot of like couch surfing and just I've been camping people's yards before, but like, yeah, I mean it's it's a mix. It's some tent camping, some sleeping on someone's floor, and then a hotel every I don't know three four nights, oh, yeah. four five you nights, whatever. Some place every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah. <laughs> just because you know, like I'm at a swap meet for four days, like sweating, gross, and then like, you know, okay, yeah, I'll grab a hotel the next night to like freshen up and then be be refreshed for the next four days mm -hmm. and do all that but um and I went from there to I had to make it to Sioux City Iowa the next day so basically yeah More I did parts yeah well yeah front parts and to meet a, a buddy over there so basically that was a the, another 800 the next day and again back roads I, I haven't even told anybody this story I've told some friends this one but I again back roads the whole entire way just farm roads. I uh, go through Nebraska, which like I could, t I could never go through Nebraska again and, and be totally cool. Okay. It's it was <laughs> probably one of the worst 
No, I just, it just it was like boring, nothing to look at. And I'm, again, I'm on farm road, so it's like just cornfields, cows, and every 50 miles you hit like a little town where you got to slow down to 25, and then... Yeah, that's a tough state to do. Yeah, like, man. Two laners. Yeah. So <clears throat> you just want to... I'd rather be on the interstate and just get it done. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'd, I guess I forgot my map was on the two-lane setting. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, ah, just, you know, I, I took 20 <laughs> east, basically, from Bend, Oregon, all the way to Wauseon, Ohio. Like, I was just stayed on 20 East the whole way, whatever that is. So I'm going through Nebraska. Map's like, you know, another 100 miles, and there's a huge storm. With, I guess some little tornadoes happened right before I got there. It was, like, just south of me. So I got through a section where it was, like, nothing was really too messed up, but, like, one section was just, like, trees down over the road. Really? Branches, like... Right before you got like, there. it was still wet on the ground, basically. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I, I did, but I didn't get wet, which was crazy. I didn't, I got no rain, but like literally the next highway south, you could tell it was like black down there. So wow. made it through that unscathed. That was cool. And then, and this is again, like I'm 700 miles into a, just a straight road. There's like one, I get to a stop sign. The next, like I go through the stop sign and then all of a sudden it just turns into gravel like thick, deep gravel and mud. No way. And I'm thinking like, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just doing construction and it's like there's no workers there because it's Mm -hmm. sort of the end of the day. "Ah, It's got to just be like a quarter mile or so. I'll just go through it. And it legit, like I don't have too much off-road experience. I mean, you know, like being from the East Coast, I've ridden in the snow and shit before and it's sketchy. This was just as sketchy. Like the gravel (laughs) was deep in the center and then the road, you know, rolled off to the sides and it was like thick deep mud like clay style mud yeah and so i'm like okay well the center's super sketchy and the bike's like wanting to like slide out and i I don't like this so i kind of go off to the side a little bit where i'm thinking like it's see it looked a little more hard packed but it was not and it just you know soft like a soft shoulder too so and it was kind of you know up and down through these cornfields kind of hilly so I'm like, oh man, this is not good. I really don't like this. I'm in second gear, yeah. like trying to just like, you know, like just don't wreck, basically. Mm, yeah. It sounds like it was like sand-like almost as well. Deep, like, like leaving a trail behind you, track. Yeah, but like, so at one point I stopped. I was like, I, I'm taking air out of the tires. And like, I got off and dude, there was probably three inches of mud caked all the way around each wheel. Oh, like you couldn't see the tires. Shit. It was just stuck like that thick dirt clay muddy kind of not watery mud yeah so I was like, oh man i re- and it's just super slippery so i'm like i don't like this at all but it's t- 15 more miles of this <laughs> oh, yeah shit. so i'm like all right so i keep going and i, I it's uh, funny that's when they shut they don't shut down trails where they say just don't go on them like for motorcycles as if it's like slick mud like that like that's the one thing where they're like just yeah don't because it's so fucking difficult on two wheels yeah and you know i got like i mean probably got like an an extra 100 pounds of like you know between the saddlebags that are like full of like tools and different stuff and then my bag's pretty big and packed down so it's like a good you know i don't know it's a pretty heavy bike to begin with and then like all that extra gear and so i was like okay let me just i'm just gonna go slow i'm gonna there's no way there's nowhere to turn around there's no other roads to take you're basically just on this whatever it's like a i guess they call them b roads or whatever but i'm not familiar with it 
So I go down like a couple more miles and like, sure enough, dude, I hit, I hit some kind of rut or something and the front end just went washed out. And I went down, I mean, it wasn't like anything crazy, but I did go down and I did crack one of the bag brackets. Like, cause I don't have like this, the, you saw the bags I have, they're like the sport yep. clamshell looking bags. So there's no like metal framing or anything. So I did crack that and I was pretty pissed about it and made it to Sioux City, fixed that up, like just, you know, zipped it all up and got it. And again, when I get back to California, all that shit's coming off and I'm changing all that stuff. So I'm not too stressed about it, but I was definitely mad. I was definitely <laughs> super mad. And that, again, it's like at the end of basically an 800 mile day of just being pissed because this is like, why did I go this way? Uh, yeah, that was sort of the end of my day. But I, I made it to Sioux City, fine. Uh, hung out with my buddy there. Uh, you know, we kind of stayed up all night talking and stuff. So it was, it was cool. And um, then the next day went Sioux City to just eat, just west of Chicago, um, because I like going. I was going to the swap meet in Wauseon, so going all the way there would have put me there at like too early for the swap meet almost. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll get a hotel uh, just west of Chicago, and then next morning woke up like you know severe thunderstorms. Sheets of rain, lightning, all that. I'm like, okay. Luckily, it was only like, I only did about 150 or so in the rain that morning. And then by the time I got like into Indiana, it pretty much cleared up. And that was Wednesday, uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, and then, you know, made it to Wauseon. Swap meet was awesome. Yeah. It was like, it's like a yearly pilgrimage I, I got to go to every year. Did that and then left and then jammed back to Milwaukee for th- this 120th and now you know here now I'm going back to Indianapolis after okay. this and then Nashville I'll now most of your touring or you know traveling has been on a a modern bike right like a yeah suspended like yeah. you said the T-Sport inspired yep 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 so st- when I lived on the east coast I had a shovelhead chopper that was like pretty extreme in terms of like mid position and bar side, you know, like very, like very <laughs> super jockey style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to ride that like, you know, from Baltimore to New York and Baltimore to the ocean. And like, so, I mean, you know, a couple hundred mile trips one way and then back. And I, I did put miles on that thing. So, uh, but I realized once I moved to California and this is 10 years ago now, uh, I, I brought that bike with me when I moved there, and I was like, yeah, this this isn't going to work out here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different, you know, everything's 35 miles apart. Everybody drives 90, and the highways are shit. And, like, it had a Springer, and, like, I just remember, like, one night. Like, for whatever reason, the highways are, like, dark there, too. I feel like the East Coast, maybe it's the city stuff. Like, there's more light more or something. Light, yeah. I don't know. I just remember it was like dark, my springers bouncing off, the front wheels off the ground, bouncing, going 90, cars are still going past me. I'm like, yeah, this ain't gonna work out here. And, I, and I, at that point, I hadn't even really like, FXRs and stuff weren't even really on my radar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I knew about them, but it wasn't, I wasn't anything I was really yeah. interested weren't in. Weren't aware of how sweet they were at that point. Yeah, and then, then I'm like, oh, okay, I get why everyone out here especially is into these things, club guys and stuff, especially like 
doing runs, doing trips. Like in California, it's not like here where in, you know, at nighttime you can still ride in a t-shirt. Like even in midsummer there, it's cold at night. Like you, you kind of need a jacket, you need a yeah. sweatshirt, whatever. So like having bags to like pack that kind of stuff is kind of essential. And then just, you know, distance and just being able to like comfortably cruise at speed and not mm-hmm. get killed. So yeah, I was kind of like converted there. And I think I bought one, I had it for a minute. Uh, this is like Born Free 5 or something like that. I had started already like, okay, I'm coming from doing custom choppers. I'm like instantly like, oh, this thing's going to be narrow tank, turbo, this, that. Like like <laughs> no normal bike, but yeah. just started instantly like that. And then um, I got invited to build the next year. So I'm like, okay, I got to sell this shit to afford to do this. So I did that. And then I think my actual like first real... My first cross-country trip was also sort of like my first real trip on an FXR was cross-country. Okay. I bought one on the East Coast, had it for like three days, like, you know, got like a few parts powder-coated, threw some bars on it, whatever, and then jammed across the country in like three days. I, I was just like, I, yeah, I don't know. I was just super psyched or what, but I just like got on and... Yeah, just like went like. Well, the reason I asked that or asked that is, you know, going from my traveling on my chopper to traveling on the Pan American, it's like, you know, extreme difference. Oh yeah. Like just, I just wonder how much uh, if it's in if it's much different from traveling like on an FXR to the Pan America, as far as like fatigue or like comfortability during the day. Like, is eight hundred miles on the Pan Am? How does that compare to eight hundred miles on your FXR? I think still the FXR might be a little more comfortable just because of seating position. And that's only because it's like a, you know, you got 40 years to figure this out at this point. Yeah. But like, I think the Pan Am, I think the potential is so, 100% there. Like yeah. I just, I just, that's what this trip is about for me to yeah. like figure that out, to do the seat time and figure out like, okay, the seat I need to, tweak this on the seat and the bars probably need it. Like the formula, I'm trying to figure out the formula of mm-hmm. what it's going to take to do that. But I think that the, um, still, I mean, honestly, I think even more than an FXR, I think a Dyna is m- more my choice for cross country. Okay. Straight line, like yeah. just putting highway miles down. I mean, clearly a bagger would even be better than that, but um, that's just like out of my... <laughs> Haven't gone down. I haven't gone there yet. I mean, I probably will, maybe, but I will. I definitely will. For sport touring, for me, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, the the Dyna I think is better, like smoother and better for like long highway miles. What about uh, has this trip on the Pan America being more adventure than you planned? Has it maybe changed what you might do with it? Uh, Well, as far as like just being a, a naked street bike or touring bike. Yeah, so that's another thing. I already have a plan formulated for what I want to build, but doing this trip and like the sort of impromptu adventure shit is have it's like basically any time I get into anything, it's like that spawns ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh man, uh, I wish this was a little bit different. I wish that was a little bit different for adventure, but although I'm already committed to doing a street version like now i'm like i kind of want to do both i kind of want to do like as soon as i finish that's this what one, i would like I to do another right one now. is 
It's like, well, let me let me let me backtrack a minute before I even like did this committed to do this project when they first like when you got yours when they first launched them, I was like you know, hitting up all my contacts, like, what can I do to, like, build one of these? And they were just like, no, we're not really doing any custom stuff yet. We just want to tell the sort of, like, regular off-road story and whatever. So I was like, okay, I'll wait a little bit. I'll wait, I'll wait. And I was, you know, doing other builds. So now that um, they're a little more open to the custom stuff, that's when, like, this whole project kind of became available for me to do. But I'm... My initial concept was off-road. Like, oh, I, was. I was going to do, like, I was going to do, like, my version of of that, which um, I'm, I'm totally into camping and outdoors and off-road and especially the gear side of all that shit. I'm, like, a nerd <laughs> for that stuff, dude. Like, gear queer, dude. I love dude. it. I've, I have gotten down that road so hard now as far as, like, what... Dude, there's so many things, so many fucking things. And like, I come from like a clothing and design background, so like, I nerd out on like, you know, Gore-Tex and jackets and all that kind of shit. Like, that's like it's right up your alley. I dude, love dude. it. I love it. <laughs> so when that came out, I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna do like, I mean, I don't want to give away too many ideas, but I was like, <laughs> I got like a whole kit that's gonna go with the bike and materials and color palettes, and I'm gonna change like. I had a whole thing lined up. I would love to see somebody come in and not only do parts, but also do adventure gear towards this whole new yeah. segment of people that are getting into the you know off road, coming from the Harley background. Yep, there's it's just not you know Roland Sands has done a little bit down that line, but you know I I actually like in I guess in 2020 I had been playing with this idea for like. I mean, a long time, like 10, 15, I don't know, 10, at least 10 years. Really? Of doing an out, like an, an outdoor brand, like a clothing brand, that was for people that just don't want to look like outdoor people. Like, basically, <laughs> that's like, it's a simple concept. Yeah. Because, like, I find that there's no one brand that really, like, you know, I want to be dry, I want to be warm, but I don't want to look like an REI catalog Exactly. I lose my I lose like my identity. I feel like when I'm that guy, yeah. And so you have which, different color squares on your legs. I and, can't like it's and, and they're so it. effective too. Like I mean, those squares are different materials in different places for different yeah. things that are very effective. But it's like, fuck, make it all Co- this, but like same color black or yeah, something. Yeah. They do something for me. So like coming from like you know again like the stuff I like, it's music and, and culture stuff and choppers and punk rock stuff and this and that. And like, I don't know, man. I just like, I can never find anything I'm really happy with. So I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, kind of start something. And I just kept putting it off because I was busy with my other brand. I just kept putting it off, putting it off. So finally, like 2020 pandemic, I'm like, ah, I'm like kind of bored. I'm just gonna start this thing. And there's been like a huge uptick in like, um, Outdoor brands, fucking twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everything was selling from fucking campers to dirt bikes to whatever. So I was like, man, you know, man, I just got to pull the trigger. So I did actually start a little brand. It's called Desperate Measures, Um, and it's basically like like the concept is that it's just like, you know, gear for guys that don't want to look like outdoor dudes. I love it. So it's you know it's like very it's just a lot of black stuff. It's inspired by all the things I just said, but I never, 
I did it. I started. I did a few things. I did like a couple hats, some gloves, some like moto style gloves. Um, but I didn't really like. I just got tied up with doing more bikes, and I kind of just like. I'm like, well, I think there's room now more than ever for that. You know, there I, really is. I want to pursue it. I have tons of material and concept and designs, like kind of done, ready to go. It's, I'm just like a one-man show, so it's like, okay, I can, I can build this bike, and that's got to take basically all my focus, or I can do this parts deal and like uh, put all my money into that, and then actually probably make some profit, or I can do this clothing thing and put all my money into that, and then like take some chances, take some chances, <laughs> yeah. and it would like do well, but over the course of a while. Yeah. So I just, and I've been like, oh man, I really want to. So if there's any like, you know investor people out there that are listening that want to like jump in on this hit me up but i have a bunch of stuff and that was kind of my original concept was to do uh the pan am as like you know the ford explorer eddie bauer edition i wanted to do the pan am desperate measures edition oh, that was like yeah. fully like again for people that like are into probably the same stuff we're into but like man i'm just not that guy like yeah. i just don't want to yeah. wear that kind of gear or i just don't want to look like I don't look like I have a ski outfit on or something, you know, mm -hmm. it's just not my thing. So I've, I, and I sort of cherry pick from a lot of other brands. I'm like, oh, this brand has a really cool bag that I'm using, or this brand has a nice jacket, or this brand is sort of out of that realm, but they make a really nice set of gloves. That's what I find is like different, like they make, there's stuff out there, but it's not a geared or advertised towards yep. the market that I, or the uses I see it fit for, Yep. you know, like. Yep. The pants I've been wearing a lot are Cools, and it's like they have one really thick, it's almost like a Carhartt material that's got fucking vents on them. It's the only pants I've found with vents on them yeah. that don't look like yeah. the Gore-Tex Vortex, you know? Yep, yep. And, uh, and it's, it's hard, dude. So that's, again, that was kind of my goal at first. And then, like I said, Harley was sort of like, okay, yeah, we, we, we've talked about the adventure side of this thing let's get into the custom side a little bit more. They're, you know, they're doing the racing with Pan Ams now. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, now's my chance to sort of like yeah. do this. And I, and I think, again, truthfully, like I think the bike is a Swiss Army knife. Like I think it really it's is. a really good for, uh, you know, sport touring. It, it can be awesome for off-road. It can be good for around the city. So I had to kind of pick one of the three. I mean, shoot, if I had three of them to build, I could do three separate things <laughs> yeah. that would all be sweet. But I, you know, I'm just I'm doing what I I'm doing I'm doing what I'm doing right now. So yeah. figuring that out. Well, I'm stoked. I, I mean, I think uh, you know, I never thought I would even buy any new bike, especially a Harley. Really, you yeah. know, uh, until that came out. And, and I've been disappointed, or maybe not disappointed, but I've kind of been shocked that the aftermarket hasn't jumped on it more. But I do understand, like, the timing was really, it yeah. was really fucked when yeah. it came out to invest in some new shit that you're not sure about, Harley doing an adventure bike, the live yep. wire fucking tank. You know, like, yeah. I get how I it was hard to invest a bunch of fucking time and money yeah. into something that, you know, this is a totally different market going to that, you know, it's a tough one. Yeah. But I think that there's so much room for parts. I mean, everything on this bike. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I do believe that, you know, the first year there was a bunch of little bugs. There was, yeah. 
you know, some bad apples, just like fucking anything that gets put to out be for expected, the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it really slowed down the momentum, you know, like that. And they sold a fuck ton of them. And then that momentum kind of slowed down after that. But I do believe that the market's there. Yeah. I and it's going to grow. I feel like, yeah, the initial, like, it was such a shock to the market that everyone was like, yeah, I got to check this out. There was a huge surge. And I feel like, especially timing, you know, pandemic, people was like, I'm going to get outside. I want to bike. There's a lot of people just getting into that. And I think the way I saw it was like, you know, obviously those issues, which, you know, again, to be expected, especially with something like as new and different as that is, new engine, new everything. Yeah. But then... Especially into a Harley client, like that. Yes, that's the, the one yeah. of the harder. We're used to like this is the same motor basically since thirty six. Yeah, you change anything, yeah. people yeah. fucking lose it, you know. But then you know they dropped ST at the same like right when like they were yeah. kind of having some issues with some stuff, and then ST came out and everyone's focus is like, whoa, what's you know? Yeah. And so that kind of took a lot of focus off of Pan Am, I think, and now I think. And those fucking vintage. Colors, oh, yeah. schemes they yep. did were fucking yeah. Well, they nailed that shit, dude. I was like everything. I, I again, that's another bike. The uh, the um the new one with the sidecar, but then that like Electroglide, the blue and blue with the, the white blue bag. Blue and the I I've seen a few of those going on the street, and I was like, yo, oh, and I was, what about the? Have you seen the orange and black one? Yeah, dude, that one's fucking wicked. They really did it. I I'm like, truthfully, um, I'm impressed. Like that that thing. I think like. It may be a small target market, but I feel like there are older dudes that had that bike or that are like, you know, that's like, why not? Like, that's such a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you want to go ride and press the button and go, yep. Have the vintage look, the bike that you never had, or maybe you did have, you know, it's, and if, I mean, that orange to black one is fucking cool. I saw it a few weeks ago and I was like, no way they just did it. I sent Brad a picture. I'm like, Fuck, you just made me want another new bike, dude. dude. I know, I know. I, I, you know, when the soft tail came out, dude, I, you know, I, that's, I've never had a new, my newest bike for me is like early 2000s. And that's okay. like, you know, I'm still sort of in 80s, 90s land for the most part. You know, I don't even, nothing fuel injected. I've never had a fuel injected bike up until I got that new soft tail. And it was like, you know, the I think part of it for me was the way they released it. The, the the verbiage that they used like this is the new uh like i mean they're kind of like oh this is the new dyna mm-hmm. and i was like it's not a dyna it's a soft tail like it's not even a soft tail yeah I mean, that should, I, I don't even think they should have called it a soft it's tail di- and they lost the lines i mean that's my biggest complaint yeah. with the thing it was like fucking call it something else i i'm like you know i'm like i i i really appreciate the sort of like fx heritage you know from shovel to this to that so you know, and they were like, oh, this is the new FX, whatever, whatever. I'm like, nah, dude, that's like a soft tail. And if, why don't you just call it, hey, we just revamped our soft tail line and it's much up to date, it's cooler, whatever. Fine. So, again, given the opportunity, like, I, again, like, I, I, I want to challenge myself whenever I do like builds and stuff. So, like, I've never done a fuel injected and I've never, like, something that I don't like is kind of what I want to start with. To like, oh, yeah, what do yeah. I need to do to like make Start myself with something that yeah, it's not doing anything for you exactly. Like it's easy like, to me. Like I, I don't care. I'm not taking anything from anybody, but like, you know, if you're gonna do a pan head, you're gonna do a rigid pan head with like a wassail tank and a wassail fender and a 21 and an 18. Like 
you already know it's going to look good. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't, there's not even, yeah, it's not there's zero risk. Point, yeah. There's zero risk in that. Like you could put any color, That's a good point. Yeah. any size bar, whatever. You know basically what you're going to get. So I'm like, cool, I want to do this soft tail. I really don't care for it, but I think, you know, I don't know. I just think there's probably potential. Everyone, everyone that I talked to was like, it rides really good. The power's there, this, that. I'm like, yeah, but the lines I'm really not feeling and certain things. So given the opportunity, I was like, cool. Basically just made it exactly what I, like, my brain was like, no, this line needs to be like this. This size should be, I basically on that bike, I wanted to make like a factory looking kind of like CVO type. Like basically, again, the FX heritage of like 91 Sturgis, 92 Daytona, the firefighter edition, the whatever edition, like they had all these editions and stuff yeah, in the nineties, yeah. which I always thought were super cool. And like they had basically soft tail Sturgis yesterday at the, yeah. How <coughs> sick is that? Yeah. It never came cool. out. It never came out. That's my, that literally that soft tail. Sir, I saw that a few years ago in the archive and like those type of things, like I'm super inspired by. So yeah. I've made a twin cam Sturgis, an, an 01, because okay. they had, you know, 81, 91. I did an 01 T-Sport Sturgis that was like the beginning of me kind of going down that rabbit hole, but like made a bunch of parts that looked OEM that had Sturgis yeah. and like people. I love that idea. And I've heard you talk about that. And it's, it, I, I never thought about doing that or. No, that was that, that was a thing, but yeah, making something custom that looks like they could have made it, you yeah, know, where it looks like it could have come from the place that you got it from, exactly. And like, so doing that soft tail was like it was for born free, so I'm like, I'm gonna do a born free edition because to me, it's like Sturgis is Sturgis, Daytona is Daytona, they both have their editions, yeah. and I'm like. Born At this point, born free, run. like, yeah. come on, dude, like, it's it's there, like, yeah. so I'm like, let me do a born free edition. And it's, I really nerded out on like getting stuff like super small details, but like every part on that bike's touched yeah. to make it look like it's not touched. So everything shrunk down, reproportioned, you know, moved. Which is just, cool doing it for like a one-off bike because you don't have, to, you know, when they do a production bike, you know, you got to think about producing these things. Yep. So, yep. you know, you can't spend that much time on individual little parts like yep. that. So that makes it even cooler. And that and that was like that. That was where I was coming from. I was like, I try to use basically all OEM parts for the most part when modifying that. So like this is, you know, in theory, I know there's more, you know, cogs and stuff in motion, but like this technically is something that they could do. Yeah. Like it could be done <laughs> yeah, yeah. fairly easily. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you know, I'm reinventing some new engineering. It's basically like we're lengthening, we're shortening, stretching, we're repositioning, and we're using like this tail, this fender from this bike and this accessory from that bike and kind of just creating a whole thing. And uh, I, I, that's now my favorite bike. Like, I mean, the Pan Am's like, uh, this is my first real trip on it, but that soft tail is like, even given, I walk into the shop and I'm like, okay, fully custom FXR, chopper, Dyna, this, that. I'm like, man, but the soft tail is just so good. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, it sounds corny, but like I've fully been converted. Like I, I want to build another one, but I, I'm also like, if I did another soft tail, 
quite frankly, like it would probably look almost like the one I did, just different colors and maybe different versions of those parts. Cause like for me, I did it exactly how, like, you know, when something's out of place for me, it's like, it like itches my brain. Like it, it's like an annoying itch. Like, yeah. why is that there? I, oh, I can't even look at it. So that bike for me is like, everything is where it's supposed to be and looks the way it's supposed to look. So I would just build another one similar to it, like a different <laughs> version, but I don't know, man. I, I really do like it though. It's, yeah. it's Did you put a fairing on it? I use the, I use the, um, I know I've seen it, but it's just, yeah, I use the, so I, I basically use the Harley like OEM quarter fairing, the new quarter fairing they came out okay. with an aftermarket, slightly taller windshield. Again, like not trying to look, I wasn't trying to make it look aftermarket. I wanted the things to be like OEM believable. Mm -hmm. Like the factory could get away with this size windshield and have it be DOT still. So a little bit slightly taller, um, different shaped windshield. And then, but I like fully cut and sectioned all the fairing mounts. Because when I look at that fairing, it sat way too proud, like way too forward. So I just sectioned and redid all the mounts to look exactly factory, but it's just it's tucked way in and sits at a different angle. Mm-hmm. And like, it's funny, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody at Harley, and we were talking about that bike, and they're like, oh yeah, it really does look like something we could build, except for the color is like kind of wild. And I'm like, it's actually a 1991 color like it's a it's a color <laughs> this is color y'all already did i yeah this is actually if you really want to get into it it's a 1936 colorway then repeated in 57 then repeated again in 91 oh wow. that peach black with a gray pinstripe um and i had the chip like the actual paint chip from harley with the paint code and everything so and we laid it out like because you could special order that color for an fxr FXLR, low rider, mm-hmm. or soft tail. Uh, I forget which model, but like one of the soft tails could actually, and the, the actual paint layout that we did on the tank and everything is exactly how it was. Wow. So most people like they're, it's not like a color you see all the time, but they look at it and they're like, oh man, that's a wild color. I'm like, that's factory. That's, that's full, cool. that's full OEM. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. People, I get that paint wall over there at the museum with all the tanks, and then you see like the names and oh, the yeah. years. That's what I'm thinking. I wish it, it did a little better. Was like showing what other like when you're looking at one year, like what other years did they use that color? Oh yeah, you know because they definitely got repeated. Did they get named twice or and is it the same name? I don't know because it's all yeah far apart. But to, to me, that paint wall could be the size of the entire museum. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, there's so much into there's it. There's yeah. so much. There's so many good paint. Like Harley's known for paint. Their paint the fit and finish it. on those yeah. things. There's not much else that comes out. Yeah. Of a production product like that. Yeah. And to me, like same thing, man. I can I can like step back and look at that entire wall and be like, ah, yeah, that block right there is fully. That's me right there. Yeah. And then skip some, and then oh, that block right there. 100% that's me and yeah. then you lost me a little bit over here. It'd be interesting to like know who is, you know. Yeah, oh, there's the definitely artists behind all that shit. There's definitely uh like time and you know, the block is the time period. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely time periods where I'm like everything in that zone. That is, guy's cool. That guy's yeah, cool. Yeah. Everything's perfect. This stuff not so much and then yeah. this stuff 
again, I love. And you can see it sort of repeat, you know, like the 30 stuff sort of like those colors and those bright colors kind of get repeated and they go to a sort of more of a muted thing. And then in like the late 90s, 2000s, it changes again to like a different style. Yeah, the late 90s were fucking, they were wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Did you uh, you go to the museum yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, it was packed, but I think I was like my fourth or fifth time through there. And same dude, thing. I finally got like the the tour yesterday. Oh yeah, like yeah, it was fucking great. I think at the one fifteenth, I did like the full like archive tour and the whole yeah. thing, and like that blew my mind. But yeah, I mean, it was so packed yesterday. I just kind of did a quick. Yeah. A quick lap, but like, yeah, there's so many, like, yeah, there's so many good bikes and the custom stuff downstairs. I love, like, you know, the race bikes and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And just like seeing the, 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 I mean, I've seen that Project Nova thing a hundred times, but like the Nova thing and the sketches and I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, it's, I, I, it's like, it's like looking at like a family tree for me. You know what I mean? See, I, like, I love that soft tilt. Uh, piece they had a few years ago. I don't think it's in there now. I didn't see it. Which one? <clears throat> well, that like the the evolution of the soft tail. Oh like, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When they fucking got it, the guy who did it just yep. customized on his own. Yep. And then that turns into a fucking product, uh, which is just a cool concept to me to like have all that and showcase that story. Oh yeah, and like the, you know, and I, again, I can't I, believe they didn't use that to kind of push the new soft tail even more. You know, like just showing that evolution. I, that again, I, I think we're, you know, whatever. I the, they know what they're doing, but I think as a from a marketing standpoint, like, just just instead of like trying to call it this, like it is called a soft tail, but like push that, like, hey, we've just like redone the whole soft tail, and it's yeah. like super good now. Yeah, you know what I mean, like it because it is. It's a yeah, soft tail. We kept it's as like, many of the lines yep. that we could. Yep. But we've also used all the engineering. Yes technology that we have as yeah. well. Yeah, I, I mean, and it seems like, you know, they're kind of a little bit listening, a little bit more sort of listening to what, like, we're all sort of asking for, it feels like, I think anyway. it's just one of those sections of the paint that we like. you like, yeah, possibly. Right now, they're, they are listening. Possibly, and, you know, people go in and out of positions, and this thing happens, so mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, but I feel like kind of in the last, maybe, you know, four or five years, it's sort of gotten like, okay, we're sort of, they brought back the low rider first, which is like, okay, now we're sort of getting somewhere. And then... Yeah, even if they don't nail something like that, that's enough verbiage to, to know that somebody's at least trying to yep. hit the mark or they're hearing something to shoot for. Yeah, ST, same thing, like, you know, clearly like, you know, for FXRs and stuff, like it's basically the only bike that's been out of production for 20 something years that companies are still developing new parts for. There's no other bike that like a new company, a current new company is like developing parts for. They're not doing those for soft for shovel heads or for yeah. anything else, really. So the fact that they kind of were like, okay, uh, we're making this ST sort of something that like everyone's kind of hot for right now. Mm-hmm. And that, it's like, you know, it's essentially like a new new FXR yeah. new style. So they're listening, you know what I mean? And like uh, there was a lot of talk, like, you know, oh, I did the fairing this, that. I'm like, 
guy. They're not going to just put like a forty-year-old fairing on a. Once new, again, people yeah. are just not going to be exactly you know, like, like that's not how it works. Like they put you, out the panhead again, people are still going to not be happy about that. Exactly, you know? exactly. So, you know, you're, I think it looks fucking rad. I, I mean, do I too. Think they nailed it. No, know? I do too. I mean, I, I I think like, you know, the hard lines on the fairing and the. I bags, mean, even like, seeing him out in the wild, and they still get me like, what the f- oh. Yep. You know, like I see it coming. I'm like, what? The f- that's fuck. Oh, it's. It's a brand new motorcycle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, and again, for me, like, I, I'm anything I get, you know, I'm going to, if I got an iPhone today, I'm going to go change something on it t- today. Like, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter. So, yeah. no matter what, I'm changing something. But I, I think it's a, it's a damn good start. Yeah. You know what I mean? It it's really better, is. better than most, mm-hmm. better than more or less. And that, from, coming from me, that's like, I wouldn't change much. You know, like, that's kind of a lot. Yeah. Well, so that Pan America, I think it has a lot of potential. So as an adventure bike, like what other adventure bike has that custom, like custom, oh, what am I trying to say? Has the ability to customize as much as that one. There's just not, they're not really out there, I don't think. Besides like handlebars and bags, you know, like yeah. the typical dirt bike change up shit. But I, I mean that, you could change like the tank on that. Like I would love yeah. to see somebody... Make their own tank for that bike. It's, it's you know? coming. It's coming. It'll be, I mean, that's when awesome. I get back in August, all that a, lo- a lot of stuff is coming. Really? Yeah. I mean, FXR division just did like crazy. Like they changed everything. They literally changed every single thing that you could possibly change on the bike. I'm I'm sticking more to like having it still look like the Pan America that like you would go buy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do more accessories. I think. Yeah. Um, kind of give it more of an OEM look or like a street version of that bike. So like the, the bones still sort of look the same, but I am going to do tank, uh, some other, uh, like a the lot fairing, of fairing. I mean, I, I'm keeping the fairing. I'm I know I'm changing a windshield to give it a little more. Well, again, I'm not trying, I don't want to give, I, I want it to be somewhat <laughs> of a surprise, but like I, I want there to be, uh, like when I got the bike, truthfully first opinion was like it's a great it feels great it actually looks really good without with like whether it had harley branding on it or whether it had ktm on or whatever like it's a good looking bike i think um and it's it performs well i just felt like you know coming from having like so many harleys like it doesn't it lacks something that like feels harley to me right like without the branding on it, like I, uh, man, this thing could be kind of anything, right? So to me, I want to. That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. Like if you closed your because eyes, people say, "Oh, it's not real Harley," and you know, but yeah, putting it in those words, it's, it's. I don't know. I never thought about it like. So that. there's something. There's not like to me. I mean, yeah, it has the branding on it, and it does have a little bit of like a sort of a Harley, ed, like a Harley cheek to it, like that kind of. When you got the V twin, yeah, but even that, like, it doesn't really look kind. I mean, it, it looks like a V twin, but it kind of, anyway, it doesn't sound like it. it really, yeah. So it's a bit different. So fully encased motor, or like, uh, yeah. there's no fucking cooling fins on it. You know? Yeah. So it lacks a little bit of the sort of familiar bits that, like, we're all that are inherently Harley. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my thing is like, okay, I'm going to... How can I, you bring those back? I want to bridge that gap between wow, like okay. somebody that's like 
comfortable and like that's like you know when they think of like a motorcycle they think of like okay yeah it's supposed to look like this, this is what harleys look like mm -hmm. to that bike which is great it's like you know i know that's a great bike and i, I want to continue to ride it i just want to like bridge that gap so i'm that's gonna, a cool approach i like that I, i'm gonna like basically introduce some things that i think are like not like direct copies of old stuff like oh put an fxr fairing on it like i'm not doing that at all <laughs> but i want to have things that are like you know like if you squint you're like oh i recognize that shape or i recognize that like texture or that material or whatever yeah, that's yeah, yeah. you know it's not so in your face like oh this is a direct copy of this bike but it's very like con conceptual you know what i mean so i've thought about that <clears throat> now now that i hear you say this like when I was looking at bag options, mm -hmm. I, I was thinking like some leather, you know, like something that was, <clears throat> I guess, more Harley or like yep. fucking cowboy shit. Yep. But it's just, you know, like the aesthetics of that bike just don't really. Yeah, you'll allow you'll it you'll like point. what I'm doing then because that's that's precisely the the you know train of thought that I was on. Like it, you know, when I did the Sturgis uh, T Sport or whatever. Like, I could have used just the regular T-Sport bags because they're, like, that's what a T-Sport has. Yeah. But I chose to use, like, convertible Dyna bags because I felt like the convertible has that leather and it, it feels more cowboy, which to me means Sturgis. Yeah, so, like, I use yeah. those bags specifically. I just felt like it just, you know, it's not, it's, like, subliminal even, like, Oh yeah, that makes more sense. That's Sturgis. Day Daytona is more neon, and like you know, <laughs> where Sturgis is more cowboy. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing the Pan Am, it's gonna be, it's gonna have like just a little. It, it will have leather and stuff in that. I'm gonna, cool. I'm doing a bunch That's of it. Be cool. leather stuff with it. Because um, I think there's room for that there. I haven't, I haven't seen it or figured out how to do it in my my approach yet, yeah it'll i mean like again like i you'll you'll be into it i know that because it's gonna be i mean the color i'm choosing maybe you won't be into it. it's hard to tell <laughs> but um there's a reason for it but like i think like the accessories like again did the soft tail i didn't want to go i wanted to do that bike as something that is plausible like this the factory could do that mm -hmm. so when i did it I specifically, on purpose, left all the reflectors on there. I left the stickers on the mirrors. Like, like I wanted to look like an absolutely off the showroom floor OEM bike. I even yeah. made a hang tag with, <laughs> like, from the like a dealer hang tag with like all the options that I did on the bike uh, to make it look real. Great. So this, that's the same way I'm kind of approaching this. Like, I, I really want it to feel authentic, Harley. So I got to leave a little bit on the table. Yeah. Like if I if you know if I went too far, it's like oh that's custom clearly. Yeah. So like some like you're gonna look at the bike and go like, oh dude, I love it. Maybe I don't like the paint color, but I like all this. If I had it, I would change that. And that's kind of like what I want to spark people's like. Gotcha. You know because like same thing. I look at the new whatever ST, the new any bikes. I'm like dude, I really like it, but. I would want to change <laughs> just this, yeah. which sparks that sort of like, you know, creative like. Well, I can't wait to see where thing. you go with it. Really, you know, it's and again, it's it's going to be street oriented, but I feel like and and anything the accessories I'm doing are going to be like a lot of bolt on accessories. So, yeah. you know, oh, are you going to try? Are you going to do a line of parts like for the people? Can... I hope so. 
yeah. again, like it kind of really comes down to me being like a one man show and like spread so thin on doing that stuff. Like I tried to, I made a bunch of stuff for the soft tail and then subsequently tried to have it produced, but it was like a lot of like stamped metal parts and sheet metal kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, well you have to make like 20,000 of those to make it work, you know? And I was like, yeah. uh, yeah. Just I like, don't know if there's 20,000 people. Even if there was, like for me, like warehousing, like warehousing that shit, how am I going to do that? So I just kind of like, okay, I guess it's just one-off stuff. But I think the stuff I plan to do with the Pan Am is a little more doable mm-hmm. in terms of like I can produce, like the seat I'm definitely doing with Saddleman, I hope to be able to like sell that because I, I think it'll be a nice looking seat. Um, um, like some bolt-on accessories I think I'll be able to do. You can do a leather seat? Yeah, so I'll have, like I have that seat shape basically nailed down and I'm working on like, again, some materials, materials. and some other stuff. And like for this trip, I kind of went with what I went with to, to try it. Mm-hmm. And I know when I go back, like we, I've already talked to them and like, hey, when I get back, we need to like, I want to like, soften this thing up just a little bit more yeah take out a little bit more in this corner and add a little bit more over here um, but yeah materials will be a thing and um again like some bolt-on stuff that i that i think will look good it'll a lot of it will go specifically with the bike like i'm doing a gas tank that like certain parts will just go with that tank but i'm also doing some other stuff that's going to just bolt on for anybody cool and i i think it'll Function obviously, but it'll. Has uh, is all the stuff that you've come up with so far aesthetic, or has there been problems that you've seen that you're like, "Fuck, I need to do Pro- something problems. to fix this." Fixing problems for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, mostly that's like uh, things that I think like that bike. F- well, for one thing, the triple clamp setup uh, on the top tree, like the bar spacing is different than every other Harley. Yeah. So like changing that bar spacing to something that is like the industry standard is like, you know, three and a half inch or whatever. So let's make a top tree that works, that can still take all the other, every company in the world makes risers and stuff now. Yeah. So to find those Pan Am risers, you're kind of locked into like, they have a square base and you know, like it's different spacing. So making something that's, that what for one. I, oh yeah, I did the. Uh, I saw yours have like the adjustable yeah, thing. Yeah, and those were for when I bought them, they were just for Indian motorcycles. You know, yeah, they weren't even advertised for Harley or yep. Pan Ams at that point. But those things are fucking great. I see. I got a set of um, just like this. They look ex- identical to stock, but they're just two inches taller. Yeah, the taller ones, yeah. And um, you know, good for literally like they're like twenty seven bucks on Amazon or something. I was like, I'm oh, just. Not for nothing, I'm just going to try them. I'm literally just going to just get them and just, like, see what happens. I think those were way more than 20 bucks. Yeah, well, that's the... Okay, how crazy is this? The factory ones are, like, cast. Those things are full billet, and they're $26. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, yeah, well, okay, I'm just going to get them just to, like, see. You know, they're definitely... The two-inch taller helps. I still want a little bit more pullback. And the bars I'm going to change, I want a little bit more sweep. Um, you know, I, I, I'm like, I like, there's just certain things. There's just a lot of things aesthetically, I think, like to, to bridge that gap, I'm going to soften up some of the lines so it's mm-hmm. not so hard and angular on a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, most dudes, you look at their bikes now, they're riding bikes that are 10 years old, 20 years old, 
they have new bikes too, but tend to be a lot more rounded and smooth. Yeah. And um, yeah, that one's real dramatic and like uh, it's. What's crazy is how different it looks on the center stand to the side stand. Yep. You know, like that side, it just looks so fucking lazy on the, the side stand. You put it on that center stand, you can see those like dominant fucking, yeah. you know, yep. intense lines. And to me, uh, the side stand is a huge area of contention for me. Like the side stand is mounted, and I know you know this, is <laughs> mounted to the case. Yeah. Which can cause a problem. Yeah. And, you know, I'm totally, I'm speaking <clears throat> frankly, like, I truthfully don't really, I think the kickstand feels unsteady. I don't really like it. And the fact that it's mounted to the case, I really don't like mm-hmm. because, you know, you mess that up, you're, you're, you're out of, the, you're out of luck. So I am, I took the center stand off of mine, but I'm making a sort of, uh, I, I noticed right away. I'm like, okay, I want to jack this thing up and look under, you know, get it. There's nowhere to really jack the bike up because you're basically jacking off the bottom of the motor. So it's kind of like a sport bike where it's like if you want to pull the motor, you need to like. There is no pulling the motor. Yeah, you need to like. The motor. You need to like suspend the bike from <clears throat> straps and do it that way. It's like, it's not very good like that. It's not like other Harleys. <laughs> no, so I basically, um, I'm, I'm making like a, a sort of. Uh, bottom brace that'll like span from the, the from the center stand mounts like both cradle, sides essentially like a flat bar kind of thing that goes underneath that will be like if you want to use use a regular scissor jack like everyone has at home it'll sit flat on that yeah. and then on the left side where it goes up into that it'll have a kickstand mount so you'll ha- you'll be able to run like a bolt on like soft tail kickstand or something off like a catalog part uh are you running the the stock skid plate I am running the stock skid plate for now. I'm, yeah. I'm changing. I'm making my own and changing yeah. that. I just wonder what, yeah. Because I that's the one aftermarket part that is mandatory for the way I ride it. For the uh, off-road stuff. And it's been great. Like, I've mm-hmm. beat the fuck out of it. And it's saved me. And it's still working, you know. Like, I broke some bolts to mm-hmm. hold it. Yeah. Which kind of shocked me when I took it apart one day and... You know, there was a bolt that was bent like an S and then one that was just broken. Yeah. That's way better than the case. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh for sure. Uh, I, I'm hoping that, like, this cross-member piece I build will also sort of be like a like an anchor point where you could, like, have your front skid plate come down and then anchor to that rather than up to the case. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't even have to run those ca- those bolts into the motor. So it's like coming motor. down from the swing arm spot? Yeah, from like where you're, where the um, where the center stand pivots, where it like hinges down. Yep. Those hinge pieces come off, and I use the the mounting position there to have like a cross brace, mm-hmm. and then there'll be a kickstand that'll essentially be like right behind your foot. Yeah. That you just kick it down. It's like so a, funny when I I let a ton of people ride my motorcycle, and when they start looking for the kickstand, oh yeah, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping. Um, yeah, I think that'll be good. And then, you know, that opens up a lot of doors for, like, you know, making kickstands or whatever. But there's those adjustable ones. Again, street thinking street version, not off-road. But, like, there's those ones that you can kind of, like, unscrew and then lock down and, like, change the length on. So yeah. if you change wheel size or change suspension, whatever, you <clears throat> what, can... You know what I did recently? So the, the one downstairs with the flames on it mm-hmm. doesn't have... The adjustable ride height. Okay. Right. Do you, you have? That I on have yours? that. Yeah. 
So the new one I got does have that. Okay. And I was getting some parts. I was, you know, accessorizing it for a trip. Yep. And I got, I saw that they had a bigger kickstand, a pad with a, a kickstand with a big pad on it. the foot, like, yeah. That would be great, you Absolutely. Know? I think there's two different size kickstands. They're like pr- links. They're probably depending is. on the ride height and the not ride height adjustable. Yep. Because <clears throat> that one, I think it's too long now. Because I have to like lean the bike over to the other side to swing that kickstand out. Well, and then it sits. It doesn't lean as much, which is cool once you. Yeah. When if you're parked at the right spot and you get the yep. kickstand down, but. It's not easy to get I, there. I think a lot of that stuff's programmable, but I have noticed that like when I cut the bike off, it, it like lowers. And if your kickstand's like not out already, it's like you said, it's hard to get the kickstand out because the bike's squatted uh, down. So I and then, if I do it before I turn the bike off, it might be easier. I think so, but I'm not positive. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I kind of just have to lean the bike way over to the side to get the kickstand out. Okay. And then it like leans the other way. But I yeah. This is all stuff that, like, you know, I didn't want to start making parts without really, like, knowing what yeah. I'm getting into. So that's, again, this trip, why, why it was, like, mandatory for me to do it this way. But Well, I'm stoked to see what you come up with. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, yeah. I think there's a, ton to, a, there's a ton of not really problems to address, but things that, that can be made better, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then aesthetically, there's... Just the customization of that bike is yes. just fucking endless. There's really. a lot like of options. I, and I've seen some cool ones. Nothing, none of the custom ones I've seen so far have really done it for me. They've either been just just not in the right vein or, you know, like just because you can, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, what's sad is I think the ones that have done, that are done more like Jeeps have gotten me more excited. They just okay. have all the fucking gear queer accessories on them. I'm like... You know, just the bolt-on shit, like yeah. the little, you know, Tortec makes a bunch of just little bitty protective guards. And, oh, yeah, the And they're done really yeah. good, too. I mean, it's like, they're not like that, they're not real beefy or nothing, but yeah, I've been shocked at how well, so that one downstairs I have put through the fucking ringer. Mm-hmm. When I first got it, I, I the parts thing was a problem. Like, yep. Not only because it was a new bike, but because parts in 2021 were yeah you couldn't get anything couldn't get anything yeah so i took everything off that bike i thought i was gonna break and send it to my buddy tim and had him 3d scan it Mm -hmm. i was like just put this shit on file and send it back to me in case i'm fucking somewhere and i break something and i i need you to make it yeah i haven't broke any of those fucking things oh well that's (laughs) it's insane i mean like the shit that like the the shifter lever like it just Oh, I'm gonna break that for sure. I'm gonna drop it. It's gonna hit a rock and break. Yeah. Well, I've dropped it a lot. I've done more than just drop it, and that fucking thing is still right there. I don't know how. Yeah. I I noticed, um, like when I was doing the crash bars and adding the highway pegs to it. You know, taking the crash bar on and off, not a big deal. It's three bolts or whatever. But the bottom bolt is completely covered by the skid. Like it's like half covered by the skid plate. And then in the skid plate, there's like a a window right right under it. So it's like, man, if that, <laughs> like, you literally got to drop the skid plate to get that bottom bolt out. And I'm like thinking, well, why not just have like, just like a little yeah. half circle right there just so your socket could go in to hit that bottom bolt and pull it. Mm-hmm. So 
little things. I mean, I'm I'm gonna totally change my skid plate and stuff. But so those crash bars you, are amazing, first and mm-hmm. foremost, because I wouldn't have this leg right now if it wasn't for those. But they get harder to put on. Oh, when they get tweaked and stuff a little bit. Yeah, like you just. Now I have to have. A, if I take mine off, I need a pry bar to get them back on. And one of the one that I hit the truck with, me and Chris Moose put in some time mm-hmm. getting it because when I took that one off, it just goes, you yeah. know, it fucking went a totally different direction. <laughs> uh, we put in some time to get that one, so now that one works better than the left side. The left one, when I take it off, it's fucking. You need a pry bar to get it back on there because because it's those three points, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. And once it fucking hits the ground multiple times, and you know those things like. I think at this point you could probably find a. I'm sure you could just go get a set, but like you know, there's people that have taken them off and changed them and yeah. stuff. So replacing those, I mean, I think that's like almost like a wear and tear item at this point. Yeah, probably. Is. That's a probably first. Be better for me to just replace mine. Yeah, first point of contact. I don't want to get rid of anything on that bike though. Well, like, yeah, I'm that bike like, you just gotta I leave it. I fucking love it all. Yeah, like they fucking did some work and that this they they couldn't get the center stand back on, and I'm like. What do you mean you, you guys are fucking being lazy? Yeah. I've taken it on and off many fucking times. Yeah. No, it doesn't just bolt right on anymore, but... You need to, you need to pry on a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's... I feel like, dude, you're, that bike's going to, like... You got to preserve it the way it kind of... Like, the, the more it gets, like, messed See, up. And, yeah, I'm kind of on Like, it's almost like turning into, like, a rat bike kind yeah. of deal. Like, you know what it I mean? Is. Like the, Like, the longer you're going, just more stuff gets added to it and just, you know. I mean, that fucking flamingo leg, I'm like, am I going to leave that on the bag when I get home? Because right now, this bike, it's, I guess it was at my house for a day, one or two days since South America. And mm-hmm. then it came straight here to Milwaukee. Yeah. And I haven't seen it since February. Oh, wow. Until sat Friday night. Dang. So some of that stuff, I'm like, you know, am I going to, you know, is it going to stay on there? Or it like, kind of has to, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, like, you, you ever met Smitty Rat from oh, yeah. Kentucky? Oh, yeah. Like, Smitty's bike is like, that's like 40 years. That's exactly what I don't want my bike to look like, Smitty's <laughs> bike. <laughs> but like, you know. I do appreciate it. Like, things from his trips and people's things give him, it just oh, gets yeah, like stuck on the bike. out of control. Yeah. Feel like, you like know. there's a couple of stickers on my bike, and I'm like, you know, it had the one sticker I left at first was it was the loading sticker from going on an airplane to Columbia. Mm-hmm. It was just like two arrows pointing like they need to know what direction is up for the fucking motorcycle or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, but then you know, there's a couple more. I don't want it to have fucking stickers all like I'm not even happy about the stickers that are on it, but I also don't want to take them off now. Yeah, you it's know? part of its life. I did meet this fucking crazy. So I was, uh, was in Argentina, and I had I found some road. Somebody told me about a road that I needed to take that took me to a lake, mm-hmm. and it was fucking great. It was beautiful. And it, it got me to a gas station where these people were like, do not take this road. You know, like, you can't do it on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. We barely did it in this giant off-road overland vehicle. I'm like, I can't not take yeah. it now. <laughs> you just dared I me. I <laughs> really cannot not take it. It ended up being the most epic road I've ever taken. And if it would have rained like you experienced, there's no way I could have done it. Like this fucking 
the first big stretch was like these crazy switchbacks on this fucking. You know, you've seen pictures like, uh, uh, like rock and I'm trying to think like like the Badlands, how it has like different colors in the yeah. soil you yeah, see yeah. off in the distance. I was riding through shit like that, except it was pink. I mean, it was fucking insane. But if it would have been wet at all, these giant graded uh, or ungraded switch it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. like you would have been able to walk up this shit. Yeah. But anyways, that road was fucking insane. You know, I stop and take a piss and realize that these pink balls on this distant pond are fucking flamingos out there, and I'm oh. like, no way. Uh, but I end up seeing this fucking car that pulls up, a truck, two trucks, and I hadn't seen anybody in hours. So I immediately just put it on the kickstand. I don't fucking know what language they speak. Yeah. But I'm like, roll down the window. We've got to talk about how amazing this road is right now. I just had to tell them. Yeah. You know, fuck, this is so good. And they ended up being from fucking Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. And we were, everybody was just blown away by the road, the situation, meeting each other. So I got their sticker on that bike. That's awesome. They like, you know, a lot of people, when they do that trip, they, you know, they come up with a name or they make a sticker or, you know, I didn't even plan on doing the trip, so I didn't have a fucking cool sticker to go with my trip. You but. know, that's that, like, life on the road shit, dude. Like, I've met so many crazy people, like, just going cross-country and going through weird spots and, like, remain friends with them. And some of them, it's just, like, a quick thing. And you're like, man, that I'll remember that guy forever, but yeah. I only met him for, like, two minutes, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, and we'll it's, never see him again. No, no. Yeah. Or, or maybe you will. Maybe, yeah, I mean, you know. that, that group... You know, fuck, I think there is a chance I'll probably see him again, you know, just, I think that the choices that we make to get to that point, you know. Oh, yeah. We're, we're probably going to make some similar choices exactly. in the future. Oh, of course. And the world is not that big. Two people from Texas that chose to go there and ride that road are probably going to, like, meet up somewhere else because yeah. they chose to do something Shortly similar. after the world was shut down, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> that was another thing that made that trip pretty crazy and, like, different than any other time to do it. It was just like the lack of people doing shit like that. Mm -hmm. So then when you did meet other people that were doing those things at that point in time, you were just even more similar. Like, got you know, like there was even more compatibility, I think, yeah. you know? Yeah, when that whole thing, when everything was shut down and like all the swap meets were shut down, everything was just like, we're just like sitting around. I'm like, man... I think my van was back on the East Coast, and I was like, uh, "I'm gonna go get it and like make this make a trip out of it." Because, I mean, California was shut down way before most other places, and other places had kind of halfway reopened, you know, whatever. So I was like, "Man, I'm just going on the road," and I would I think I that maybe is 2020 or 2021 or halfway between the two. I must have gone cross, cross country like at least five or six, seven times really? in one year. Yeah, like. End to end, like flew out there, drove back, then flew out and drove again, and then drove out there and then flew back and then flew to Texas and rode back and like multiple times, multiple, multiple times. Like, I, I don't, you know, it was a crazy time to travel at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, I mean, I, you know, I was like, I obviously, it was, a, it was a crazy time for everything. Yeah. You know? I was like, man, screw it. You know, and flights were like thirty bucks, like cross country or something. And I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going. Like, I'll, I'll ride one of my bikes back, and then I'll fly back, and then I'll drive the van back the other way, and then I'll fly, and then I'll ride the other bike. And 
yeah, I was just, I was just like constantly on the road. And, you know, like I said, like my, I, you know, I'm, I do the swap meet stuff and the part stuff so much. I was just like, dude, like I, I nothing's, oh, I can't even make money. I can't, I can't do anything. So now is like a perfect time to like go out and like just hunt the shit down, go picking. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. And, you know, most people that like got old motorcycle parts in their shed or like, I'm not worried about that. You know, they were, yeah. they were, they were in the same, they felt how I did. They were like, I'm like, let's like, what are we doing? Let's do this. Yeah. So 2020, I was going to quit going to all events. You're like, mm-hmm. just not going to go mainly because it's just not real effective for this. Yeah. You know, like, you know, squeezing this in Sunday morning, like we're mm-hmm. going to miss out on some things, what, you know, yeah. whatever, but it's just tough to do it at events. So I was like, fuck it. When I travel now, I'm going to go see people, you know, when there's nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to more old people. Like, get these old timers on the microphone. Yep. <clears throat> they were all like, fucking do not come over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to go talk to Sugar Bear. He's like, don't even fucking call me anymore. You know, like, yeah. not exactly, but it was just like, it just curbed me. And I also felt like a responsibility or like a, you know, I didn't want to fucking. All right, you're trying to go capture their story. Do you really want to go over there and kill them too while you're at yeah, it? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, that was pretty interesting. So I did end up doing some traveling, uh, and there were so many fucking people outside. Just like we were talking about earlier, the off road vehicles. People were oh. fucking outside. Can't oh, yeah. ever pl- places that I used to go and never see anybody. There wasn't even room. Oh you yeah, know? it was fucking wild. I mean, dude, and you know, certain like. I'm sure everyone remembers, or maybe they don't, but like, you're in California, like, you can't go to the beach. You can't even, like, dude, people were, at one point. They all came to Texas. Dude, I know. I was was like, I'm out of here. This is too much. But like, they were like giving, people were like sitting in their cars, watching the sunset, and like getting tickets for like being like, you're not supposed to. I'm just like, this is crazy, dude. I'm out of here. I'm like, I'm I'm going to like normal America for a while. And (laughs) Like, I just, you know, I went back east, and like I said, I, I was in Texas a bunch and kind of all over. So, don't you, what's, what's your, you have like a clothing line, right? Like a company that you... I di- so, I, my, my background in the, I started in like 99 or 2000 doing clothing stuff. Design, graphics, this stuff. I started my own line, did multiple different freelance things for different brands and companies and this and that. And I did that for a long time. And then I kind of got burnt out on like this, the, that, what I was doing. And then I started another line in like 2009 called the Cut Rate or called Cut Rate. And it was more just like, I, at that point, I was like doing a lot of bike stuff on my own. So I was like, man, you know, the stuff I'm like selling in my store and designing is not really conducive to like where I am right now. So I was like, cool. I'm just like, kind of getting out of that and I'm just going to focus more on like my bike stuff and then this clothing line which is like you know work work wear kind of stuff and just stuff like I wear so I did that for a number of years and I had lived in Japan and have a, like a lot of contacts there and that like worked a lot there in that fashion and clothing industry there so they were Im- immediately like oh like we'll we'll distribute your line we'll do this we'll do that so sort of focused on that a bunch. And then after a while, uh, I, my motorcycle thing just kept getting more and more. So I'm like, my brain is like, 
you know, whatever, whatever it is, like whatever I'm into, it's just like consume, it's like obsessive. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, building bikes, custom bikes, custom, you know, and I kind of, after a while, I, like I'd say, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, even at this point, I kind of told my guys, I was like, why don't you do this and I'll do this? Like, you know, you use the brand name. I don't even care anymore. You can have it basically. I mean, I'm locked into it because my Instagram name and all that stuff. But in terms of like the clothing line stuff, yeah, I print some shirts for shows and different things. But like in terms of like doing actual like seasonal designs and doing the whole thing, I've kind of been off that for a couple years now and just given that to those dudes and said, just like do whatever you want. I'm, wow. I'm just so I'm, and I was like just doing bikes and, um, I'm sure anyone that builds custom bikes knows like it's a losing proposition. Like you were just spending your time and your money faster than you can possibly yeah, make what's, it. What's that saying? How do you how do you make a little money customizing bikes? It's start with a lot of money. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 100%. So, you know, doing so many shows and custom bikes and stuff like okay, I it's my passion, but it's like it makes no money. And I had always like you know, like going to Wasion every year on my bike or whatever, like I can only, I can't really buy so much stuff, you know, it was like asking somebody to haul it back for me or whatever. Eventually I said, man, screw it, dude, I'm just going to get a van because I, I want to travel and do more of this stuff and be able to like go to a shop and buy a bunch of stuff and then like, mm, I'm tired, I'll sleep for a while in the van. Mm -hmm. So I ended up buying a van, sold some bikes, bought a van, and then just like anything else, got like fully consumed with it. So now I'm like, at every antique swap meet, at every swap, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in like one. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of like consumed me a bunch. But I'm still obviously building bikes and all that. Well, I love, you know, knowing that you have that background and you're looking at doing, you know, some stuff in the vein of this new Pan America, you know? It's interesting to see what comes out. Yeah, that, I mean, like I said, that's my background and that's, how I like approach everything like just like I, it's just it's just how my brain works yeah. you know what I mean like I'm gonna figure out like the core of it and then how what does this mean and if you do this how does that relate to that it's just like some I mean, it's just design shit basically like I can't help it I, I sometimes like I don't even want to think about shit that deep but I, it's like I, <laughs> it's like oh, you know what I mean like I it, I just sit and get like obsessed with it so yeah, it, it, it's since picking up this bike, I'm like, oh, like itching to do to do the stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it, I, uh, you know, I had aspirations to do some, like at least help somebody do some adventure stuff that was, you know, was functional, but you know, you don't look like the Gore-Tex yeah. Vortex. Yep. And, and it's just like, fuck, I'm just going to have custom clothes made for me. That would just be way easier. Well, because, you know, to, 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 to design stuff and produce stuff, there's like, it's fucking expensive, you know, very, to do it yeah. the way I see fit. It's not for everybody. And oh, shit yeah. that I'm going to wear out, most people, like, I'm not a good person to test your product. Like, because 99% of people will not treat it. Yeah. Like I'm going to treat it, you know, like just because it doesn't survive what I'm going to do doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you know, and a part of the whole thing with um, which I, I learned early on in like my career with design stuff is like immediately out of the gate. I was like, 
it needs to be this way. I want it to be that way. Me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah. When it's like, you really got to like take yourself out of it a lot when you're actually like trying to design like saleable product. You need to like be like, you know, this is, you know, certain in a, in a line anyway. Maybe there's a few pieces that are like, that's me 100%. Yeah. But the good majority of it's got to be like 25% me, 75% saleable. That's, that's a good way to think. I never really thought about it like that. Because otherwise, you end up with just like a huge wardrobe for yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, that's cool, but at the same time, like, <laughs> it doesn't pay if for... that's pro- all you want. It doesn't you know? pay for production and, yeah. and, and material costs and sampling and all that stuff. And that shit is expensive, man. Yeah. Like, I, I'm faced every time. It's like, okay, well, I can, like, make this jacket or I could buy two pan heads. You know what I mean? And, like... You know, I could keep the pan heads or I could sell them for more than I bought them for and make money like yeah. tomorrow, right? I could buy this bike today and sell it tomorrow and make money. Or I can make a run of jackets and hopefully sell them and in the span of a year make my money back plus a little bit. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's tough when you're like, you have a bunch of other stuff going on. If you yeah. got a bunch of money you're sitting on, you're like, I just want to do yeah. play with it or whatever. That's cool, but that ain't me. Yeah, I, you know I tend to be pretty hand to mouth. What's your take on like uh, made in America products? Hundred percent. Like that was my initial thing with cut rate was like um it was it all started as made in USA. Okay. And like as Japan was like eating up all the stuff, they're like, we need more, make more products. I'm like, oh, can't really make more because there <laughs> isn't a place to make more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like. I mean, having been in this industry for 25 years, like, you know, I think a lot of the American factories and the the industry went away, most of it. And like, you were left with like the companies that, the factories that were making stuff here were kind of lazy and kind of like quality's not so high. That's what. Yeah. And then you had spots that had quality and low minimums, but like it's boutique. So it's like, you know, big, do big numbers. Yeah, it's just like it's so expensive. Um, whereas, you know, Japan, where they excelled in a lot of the stuff is they had small factories, high quality, fairly low minimums. So you had like a bunch of small brands that were able to produce really good stuff. And it what you know, they didn't have to order 60,000 pieces. Mm-hmm. So that's like where like I learned that business and like it's hard to use their that model over here. So as they just wanted more and more stuff, I'm like, well, rather than me making a bunch of like flannels and jackets and stuff here that by the time you get them, they're late and then you're also not impressed with the quality, how about let's just do this. I'll design the stuff, you make it there for your market. Wow. I'll make my stuff here for my market. Yeah. And then that, that worked well, um, but again, it's just like, it, they just, it's like more and more and more. And mm-hmm. I just, and after, you know, that many years of doing it, I'm like, man, I'm starting to get burnt out. I'm like, I don't want to do another flannel. Like, it's too, it's, it's mind-numbing after a while. You know what I mean? So that's where, like, the bike thing really grabbed a hold of me creatively. Like, oh, I want to, this is sparking my interest more. So, yeah. um, and, and again, the event, the outdoor line stuff is, like, I really want to do it because I have a ton of good ideas I want to execute, but... Again, it's just like I gotta I gotta time manage better. Yeah. So, um, 
<clears throat> I try, I've been I, looking for like made in America camping products. It's tough. That's fucking tough. It's tough. I mean, it, it, there is stuff there, but again, it's like, you know, some of the companies that are there are just tend to be like super, um, like low minimum but super boutique prices. So, yeah. and and then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so yeah, I can, like, it's like those risers, like. Yeah, I can get like some of these risers that are billet made here and they're $250, $400, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's billet risers. They're the same 6061 aluminum billet risers on their $27 shipped. Like at a point, you're like, okay, I want to support this, <laughs> but like, come on. You yeah. know what I mean? It's oh, literally yeah. tenfold. <clears throat> so it becomes tough. I mean, I, if I could produce everything here, I would 100% do it because I like to go and like hands on and like talk to the people and figure out like, oh, here's the material and what can we creatively, what can we do? How can we do this differently? Um, so like, you know, doing that over email with someone in another country is tough. And like, the, you know, there's language barrier, there's this, there's that. So yeah, doing it here is ideal, but it's also like idealistic. It's like, doesn't always work so good and you know like certain like other parts of the world are like that's like what they do you know what i mean like we do we do certain things really well here and there's other parts of other parts of the world that like that's what they do and they do it really well Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you know maybe just go with the flow a little bit yeah yeah i'm not a i mean i do i i like the idea of keeping it close to home, you know? 100%. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really not opposed to somebody else doing it yeah. on another place, yeah. you know? Uh, I think my biggest concern with it more than anything is just, like, the politics of it. Oh, yeah. You know? like Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my th- the shirts that I use are made in South America, mm-hmm. or Central America, actually. Mm-hmm. When, when 2020 happened, that was one thing I did. I was like... I do not want to rely on shipping across an ocean. Yeah, which because I can't, you know, I can't. I gotta, I gotta make this happen for the people. Yep. Uh, but I can't, you know, they. Nobody really. Made in America T-shirts is pretty fucking high. Yep. Uh, and I just wasn't there yet. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. I, I've done a bunch. I appreciate of- it, but. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah, I've done a bunch of Made in USA t-shirts, but I mean, also sort of at the end of the day, that Made in America is also a tricky, kind of a tricky tagline because the material is here, but assembled somewhere else, or it's like, you know, the material's from Honduras, it's assembled in Colombia, and then like the final assembly is here, and they put the tags in, just enough to call it Made in America. So I mean, it's like, really, what are we even talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, that's interesting. I mean, that's like like putting organic on food. You know, it's like, the same thing. Yeah. You know, the big companies have made it so difficult for an actual organic farm. Oh yeah. To label anything organic. Yep. Yet, while making it really easy for them to put that organic labeling yep. on there. Yeah. There, it's 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 a lot of tricky verbiage in there, and you know. I, I mean, obviously, like, I don't want to support anything that sucks. I don't want to support, like, you know, crappy stuff. But, I mean, you know, I, I but at the end of the day, it needs to be, like, on time. And quality, it needs to quality. be quality. And, like, 
like if, if I can't sell the product, like it's doing nobody any good. Yeah. It's not doing the factory any good because then I'm not going to reorder with them. Uh-huh. It's not doing me any good because I'll be out of business. So it's like, yeah, what do you do? So I don't know, man. It's it's tricky. It's That business is like, it's so up and down and I don't know, tr- trends and all this stuff. But I'm sort of glad. To, I don't know if I'm glad to be out of it. It's I still like it, but... Sounds like you're already going back to it with this adventure life. We'll see. I mean, it's been on my plate for so long. Yeah. I got files in my computer of like <clears throat> stuff already done. And I just like, it's really a, just a big commitment. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just got to be in 110% or not. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty niche one too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I think there's room for crossover. It's like I'm not trying to necessarily make like moto gear specifically. I want to make like, you know, outdoor stuff that like a wide range, like I use a wide range of products, like cherry pick from other brands. So yeah. it's like, I want to make a, a brand that I think a, a wide range of people could cherry pick from. Like, um, you know, like from a, from a train hopper that wants to stay dry to like a guy on his motorcycle to like someone that's just like, lives in the city but like wants you know to be warm. what kind of rain gear do you use do you have i mean you've got to be using rain gear so riding that this many miles. yeah so like i mean honestly not for nothing i use the harley i use the harley branded rain gear like yeah. it's packable it's good yes there is um other rain gear on the market that's higher end let's say but like also you know with rain gear the shit gets beat up like if you're riding on a if you're camping in rain gear that's different than riding in rain gear because at 70 80 miles an hour it's flapping in the wind the seams are getting constantly stretched like the the rubber lining stuff it like whatever the the coating is the outside coating but the inside coatings can come off it just gets a lot more wear and tear Mm -hmm. so for me like buying like arcteryx rain gear to ride in doesn't make sense you're buying a 700 hundred dollar rain jacket that's gonna get tore up. What, you is, know that? what, I mean? what is that? Arcteryx. It's like probably like the highest end like outdoor gear you could get. Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's that's I mean like I love it. I wear I have a lot of it and I wear it like normal like that's Arc-teryx? my normal Arcteryx. Arcteryx. Yeah, okay. they're from Canada. But that's like my stuff I will wear like normally, right? But if I'm riding. Dude, you know how many times I've like taken rain gear off and thrown it over the bike and the arm lands on the exhausts oh, and like just burns a hole in it right or something? It, right yeah, it. so like I use stuff that's not disposable. I'm not using frog togs or something like that. But like, you know what I mean? I also don't, I, you know, you want to stay dry, but I don't want to. No, the Harley rain gear is fucking good. It's good. It's yeah. packable. It's good. It's not, I mean, it's, it's branded pretty heavily. But again, Got like the reflectors on it. Yeah, like I'm I'm cool with the reflectors again for the riding aspect. Um, it's not something I would like. I wouldn't wear the You're Harley Rain gear around. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> come on. But yeah, I mean it works. It's it's good. Yeah. So yeah, that that's kind of where I it's I'm on like my second or third set. See, I've been using uh, Carhartt fucking like rubber boat shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's the bibs. Yeah. Fucking heavy duty as fuck. Like, and then there is stuff that's like it's not it's not like for riding by any stretch. Exactly. You know? I mean, there's stuff that's made for like you know fishing. 
that's yeah. gr- that's good. You know, yeah. it's like fully waterproof. This is like for fucking working in the ocean Ex- on a boat. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It doesn't even have zippers. Like it's just buttons, and it still does not let any water. Through. Yeah. So, uh, I I look at it like is it is it packable? Is like how much you know like like how much is the weight versus like how much is it actually keeping me yeah. dry and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's like a happy medium for me. Like yeah, yeah there's. I have or it doesn't fucking pack well. That's what I'm saying. Like I have, so, you know. But I also got it for the rainforest because I was like, it has to work. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's, I can't not have rain. Like packing, I didn't give a fuck what it packed down to because I wanted to be dry. Yes. <laughs> and like I, I wear, I have like rain gaiters and boot things. Oh which, yeah. Like in the in my winter or fall trips, I usually do that because like it tends to be a little wetter that time of year and then also cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so summer, like I wear like um, like Danner, like I don't wear like the leather Danner boots because I mean they have Gore-Tex ones too, but these are just like hiker Gore-Tex hiker boots, and I get rained on all day, and these things are dry. Nice, and they're also don't weigh like forty pounds, especially when they're wet. And they're comfortable and all that. So it's kind of like, again, I, I try to choose the happy medium between the two. Like, I have other sneakers with me and stuff, but, like, I'm not going to ride in them. Dude, I fucking got these recently, the leather Harley Vans knockoffs. Yep. They're fucking great. You like dude. them? I do. They're not waterproof by any stretch. Yeah. But I've, I find myself wearing them way more than I thought I would. Yeah. I fucking went to the skate park the other day. Nice. I haven't taken, Yeah. I used to be a staunch boots, like, just boots, period. Fucking Justin cowboy boots. Yep. Red, whatever. And now I haven't taken these tennis shoes off. For a long, I mean, I'm, a, I'm like a sneaker guy for sure. And then I went through a phase of like, you know, definitely red wings and throw goods and, and mm-hmm. all of them. Um, and, you know, like, man, I don't know, like... I guess I kind of like comfort too. So standing on my feet all day, I just, I sort of gravitate more towards like comfortable, like hiking shoes and that kind yeah. of stuff. Like I just more recently than anything, but like yeah, especially they're waterproof, they're lightweight, they're comfortable. I I wear I say this all the time, but like I wear even like my regular shoes. I'm like yeah, I like waterproof hiking shoes because again, I go to the swap meets. Wake up at five in the morning to start looking for parts, and the grass is completely wet and yep. all that. And like walking eight, ten miles a day at the swap meet, I'm like, first thing in the morning to have like wet socks and feet sucks. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I, I look at that. I mean, like, you know, that's part of that's like job workwear for me, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you gotta be comfortable, dry, like, all that shit matters, man. Uh-huh. I actually got a guy making me a pair of custom boots right now, my first. First pair of custom boots. I'm pretty excited. Nice. It's old dude. There's been like a sign. I've seen it for years. It's just like a Texas flag, and it says custom boots. Just like cowboy side. style boots? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I went in there one day, and I'm like, all right, I just wanted to check out what's in this fucking little... Sh- I mean, it's, it's a little bigger than this room we're in. What? I see it's two rooms probably this big. And uh, I go in there, and the dude's got fucking... All his machines are like 100 years. Nice. I'm like, oh, this is. I didn't want to give you money today, but yeah. he's got the wall of boots, and then he goes, 
we started talking. I think I said something about, oh, you know, I'm going to be riding motorcycles and, you know, walking around. I work a lot outside. You know, I got a farm down the road. And he goes, well, I've been making boots for Alan Jackson for years. I make his show boots and he rides a motorcycle and I make his motorcycle boots. I'm like, fuck. Say no more. <laughs> how much money do you want? <laughs> yep. Like, oh, so I'm pretty excited. And he's not like, you know, they're custom boots, but they, I mean, it's almost like a factory looking boot. Like he has his, his style. Like, I was like, well, I want flames. And he's like, well, this is what I offer. You know, like, yeah, yeah. This is my flame. Like, that's not flames. He's like, you know, that's, what you, he didn't that, that's it. Fuck, you know, yeah. like, this is what we do here. I'm like, all right. Are you, you at least put a strap on it for me? Yeah. You know? Are you are you doing Born Free Texas again this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. fun. I had a, such a good time. Dude, isn't that place fucking great? Yeah. I, I mean, it's such a contrast from like the California Born Free because it's Which like just great. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad that it's not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, people are asking me, "Oh, what's it like? How's it?" How's... I'm like, dude, I'd almost rather just have a mini bike there than a chopper. Or like a show bike or something. Like I don't. To be honest, I don't even care about having a show bike. Yeah. I just I want to bring my little TTR or something and just rip around that place and go you through the woods. To, and dude. Yeah, dude, super fun. I had a really good time. Uh, I I got like last year, obviously first year, but I, I stayed with Mike and Grant and they they had a cabin, and I was like, oh okay, this is pretty sick with the back patio. Like I'm like, so, so yeah. When they went on sale this year, I was like sold I was like I'm I don't me and my buddy were like which one did you get I think we got the good one <laughs> I think I'm, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm 99% uh, sure we got the good one that's awesome the David Mann one you know what I mean that's good so uh we got that and like I'm I'm super excited about it because they my porch got ripped off oh really two weeks ago they had a tornado go right through there what yeah which one are you in are you up? I'm in a little bitty small one like it's a, two it's down from room. the from the bar or something like that. Like I knew I thought you were it's, like kind of yeah. Up. It's right by the bar. All right, so I think it's the first one. Okay, by the bar. Yeah, I was in which whatever, is good and bad. I was in whichever one they were in last year, which is, I don't know three or four. Right, right behind where the dude was doing the barbecue. Yeah, which was cool. But a you, great spot. You, yeah, uh, but I think I'm in the I'm that in the, patio spot right there is fucking legit. Mm-hmm. Dude, after you know, I mean, dude. Like camping, awesome, all good and stuff. But like, man, you get a little taste of that cabin life. You're like, oh. <laughs> when I tell people, like, I love camp. I'm not gonna camp unless I'm staying someplace that you can't experience any other way. You know, yeah. like, if I want to be sleeping on the ground, we're gonna wake up in a beautiful spot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's also you can if somebody builds a cabin in some cool spot, you know, that's where I want to stay. Too, dude, you know, yeah. like yeah. Uh, that's an option. I had my van last year, and I, I mean, my van was kind of set up to sleep in and everything. And they're like, "Oh, we got a you know loft up there that's set up." I was like, "Perfect." Yeah. And then after I got that, I was like, "Oh, hell yeah!" Next year, it's dude. On, the dude. patio we were fucking cooking out there the whole. <clears throat> I mean, I think there were people that didn't leave my patio mm-hmm. the whole fucking weekend. Yeah, you know. And that's kind of what I wanted want that to be in the future is just like, you know, a spot where we can. That's why I kept telling me, like, there's fucking shade and cold drinks up there mm-hmm. at that patio. I'm going to hang a big old fucking pirate flag off of it this year. I mean. Yep. I'm, I'm really excited. The, the whole to... layout of that spot is just fucking wicked. And I think it's going to grow double. Oh, this year? I already know. 
Last year, it was like everyone I, I talked called to. it out last year. I knew it was going to be big. I just had a bunch of people last year. I'm like, are you going to go? Are you going to go? Like, ah, we're going to see how, how it goes, you know? And then now this year, everyone's like, we're going. We're, yeah. we're riding out. We're doing this. Like a bunch of companies that were like, oh, we're not sure if we're going to set up. They're like, we're setting up. We're yeah. definitely there. You're coming four days early too. Oh yeah, it's I'm. It's gonna so be. So me a and Lee are gonna do an art show this year. Nice. Uh, we're just gonna set up like a big circus tent by the wall of death in that field, and I got painters, photographers, some Sick. metal sculptures. Sick. It'll be cool. You know, just just to have the the idea actually came from me just wanting to have a big pop up out, just to have a big tent. You know, like yeah. Well, it, it's like I could see it turning into sort of like, you know, the festival kind of thing and like the extra, I feel like, you know, the show part of it is cool, whatever, especially like coming a few months after the other Born Free, it's like, okay, I feel like oh, I've seen most of these bikes, cool to look at them again, be there, all that. And I know some people are doing some special stuff this year, but I think the extracurricular activities are where the fun is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the bonfire deal. And no, the I think there needs to be a full-on pit bike track and race. Agreed. I think that we need to bring in some freestyle motocross guys to jump over the wall of death just all day long, yep. just fucking sending it. Yep. I think Kyle there's a guy out there that's <laughs> like a... Uh, I saw him at the X Games. He's a BMX dude. And I think he has a mega ramp. Oh, really? So I'm... I don't hate to even say something, but I want him to come out. I'm going to try and get. There's a guy here in town I need to talk to. He's the. He uh, he's got some ramps too. I, I want to fill that fucking place up with shit. You know, there's so much room. And too. Mikey Grant have always been just so receptive of, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you want to do something here? That's awesome? your area. Yeah, go do that. Yep. You know, like we'd love to have more shit. So yeah, you know, I know that at first. You know, it's like, fuck, the California guys are coming to Texas and throwing a show at our spot, you know? But they've been just, I mean, I I even had that. I was like, fuck, you yeah. know? But they've just been so great and, like, really, you know, hey, the, do, let's do whatever the people want to do, yeah. you know? Yeah, Which has been awesome. You know, I know that from knowing them personally, like, there is a bit of frustration with, like, the place in California is awesome. Like it has its own. Like it doesn't feel like you're in California, really. Yeah, and it's true. like a, it's really unique, like cool space. But you know, just like California, like don't ride your bikes. Duh, you can't camp. You can't. It's like it's very, and I get it. There's a hundred million moving pieces to the whole thing. And yeah. if it wasn't, it would just be chaos. But that place is so wide open that it's just like that is the the yin to the yang of that. You know what I mean? It's the opposite, and it's just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, Oliver, can we... Yeah, you can yep. do whatever. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, Oliver's fucking great, dude. Yep. Uh, it's so... With him, it's so fun. Go, long story, but uh, w from tattooing and stuff, like, we have many mutual friends uh -huh. that for the last 15, 20 years or so, you know how many times I get texts that are meant for him and oh. vice versa? <laughs> like, you know what That's I mean? Like funny, mutual yeah. friends that like, you yeah. know, you just t -t -t type in. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, who, what? <laughs> like, no. It's, and now that like he's very in the motorcycle thing, yeah. we see each other all the time. It used to be like a little more oh, separate. He loves his self swap me, doesn't Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. We, we see each other quite a bit. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, I love Oliver. He's fucking great. And that venue is like, 
it's like fucking just as eclectic as he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, like, there's just so much room for, like, cool stuff. Like, it's really open and... Yeah. Like, you can be as involved or as uninvolved as you want. Like, you could camp on the other side. You could never go to the freaking show. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I think there was probably a lot of people that didn't even walk down into that camp. Yeah, they were just camping. The swap meet was pretty good. <laughs> like, it's a, you know, I mean, there was a decent amount of vendors there. And, um, you know, swap meets are kind of weird because sometimes, like, if everyone doesn't load in at the same time, like, I know I feel like FOMO, like, if I'm not there when, like, the gate opens, like, I feel like, oh, I missed everything already. Yeah. But there was a good amount of vendors. Like, I got a ton of good stuff. It was, that, it was just kind of separate enough to where yeah, you, and a I, lot of people didn't even walk down there to it. You yeah, know? I, I know this year they're, they're kind of moving vendors to, like, other areas. And I was at the top. I was, like, on the cabin ridge, but, like, oh, yeah. you know, on that side. And, like, right on the very front, like, on that little dirt road that kind of goes oh, yeah. around and dude it was so windy there that was my only beef with like I mean, everybody up there that i talked to wasn't stoked about that position you know the I, wind and there just wasn't a lot of traffic over yeah. there and that place is so big that like you said bringing a mini bike instead of a show bike so that you can yeah just zip around go and, see yeah. everything without yeah. like fuck i gotta walk way over there just to walk back you mm-hmm. know? i think the vendors are going to be down in the bottom this time, which I think will be better and draw more people down to like that area instead of just everyone hanging up top. Yeah. So yeah, it should, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm basically, dude, I'm, I'm doing this trip, going to the East Coast. I'll be there for like a couple days, a week maybe, then start riding back to California, get there in, I'm gonna go through Sturgis, so get there like kind of mid-August, early mid early on mid-August, and then be in Long Beach till the beginning of September, maybe, and then be on the East Coast for two months. Really? Like, I'm going to be back. I got to go back, tear this bike apart. Then I I have, like, a East Coast tour, basically, that I do, like, from beginning of September till Born Free, Texas, which is, like, end of October, mm-hmm. where there's, like, on the East Coast at that time, I mean, there's a, an event every weekend. So I'm up and down. Um doing stuff there and then I usually do like a road trip back to California so I'll hit Born Free Texas and then make it back to California nice. by November so I'm you like you have a bunch of good stuff for Texas huh yeah yeah definitely I'll be, lo- I'll be loaded up for sure <clears throat> I'll definitely be loaded up well I can't wait to see uh, where you go with this Pan Am uh, and I'm stoked that you're that you're on it and you're like supporting it and pushing it you know like I, I know that I had a guy hit me up this last week, and he was like, you know, I'm thinking about getting a Pan Am. What's your biggest complaints? And I'm like, you know, the, on, the only complaints I have is, is the issues I have that can be solved by more people getting them you mm-hmm. know, and, and riding them and yeah. working on them and learning about them and, and people just investing the time in them because it's an awesome platform. It's just new still, you yep. know? Yep. So people like you doing what you're doing, it's just great for that bike period you know yeah again like i I just think that um there's a lot of potential and there's only been a handful of people to really tear into them you know what i mean i mean there's i saw a good bit of them this weekend but i yeah i think there's just a lot of potential and like i want to explore the avenue that i think 
this thing would be really good in. But it is, it is a Swiss Army knife. That's I keep I've said that a hundred times this weekend. Everyone's asking me, "Oh, you wrote it here from California? How is it?" Uh, people on Instagram constantly, "Dude, what's the worst thing? I want to get one. What's the worst thing about it?" And I'm like, "Nothing. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, like, there's no nothing bad about it at all. Like, uh, yeah, a few things I want to change, but shit, yeah. you know, that's everything. It's a fucking heavy dirt bike." Yeah. It goes really fast. And it, it, it is legit. I will say it's, it's pretty legit fast. <laughs> like, un- like I've got like an air filter and an exhaust. It's not even tuned yet, and it's legit fast. Oh, yeah. I've had people ask me if I'm going to do something to make it faster. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already a big stock person. Like, I, my shovel head is just 74 inches, stock cam. I want it to go for a long time. That bike is fast as fuck. I can't imagine spending any money to make it go faster yeah, for I, any reason. I'm the opposite. I'm a guy that wants to like make everything faster, and I don't really know how much more I would even do. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm going to get it tuned in Indy like, in a couple days. but um, Who's going to do that for you? Jimmy at HPI. Okay. Yep. What is that, Horsepower Inc.? Yep. Yep, he's the man. And... uh so yeah, I'm just gonna have him just you know dyno it and just go through and make sure. Like what I said, exhaust do you have on yours? The Screaming Eagle for now. Okay. With the no baffle. Yeah. But I mean, it still has the cat. It still has the resonator. Um, when I do my custom deal, I am gonna eliminate all that, and it's gonna be more of like a two into one street looking kind of pipe. Yeah. Um. You know, change positions, change a, b- a bunch of stuff, but. For now, for this trip, I know I wasn't riding cross country on the stock muffler. There's just that's like sacrilege to me. Like if it's not, like like I said, dude, first day, first day, like it's got to be changed. So <coughs> that was a quick, off the shelf, easy option for me, and it, it's I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. It's like you. Can I can't get over not hearing the bike. Like when you're going at speed, you just, it's just wind. Yeah, you're yeah, not fucking yeah. hearing. Yeah, pretty much. I love the exhaust I have is like you you hear you hear a buzz, but it's not like it's no, it's not a thunderheader. It's not like you no. know. It's not like it's <laughs> yeah. not like rah, you know. Yeah. Wait, so and I've heard it's some pipes that I really like the sound of you know, but that's just I've never ridden one to see if it's yeah. Uh, the Sawiki pipe sounds good, at least on video. I don't think I've seen it mm-hmm. in person. Uh, What's that guy's name? Dan. Oh shit. I know like Toast has one. Toast. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Toast. Um, and then Vance and Hines has one. And Toast sounds good. There's a really short. That's that was my biggest complaint. I was like, dude, I've dropped my bike. I the first summer I had it, I dropped it in a puddle one day, and it was a handlebar and a fucking the exhaust was sticking out of the puddle. I couldn't believe it fucking started up. I, yeah. I didn't even want to start it. I like picked it up and rolled it off to the side. And people were jumping out of their side by sides because I wasn't, you know, in the mountains. Yeah. And I, I, I literally pressed the button just so I, because I didn't want to listen to them talk to me anymore. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I just gotta leave right now. I can't, you know. And I just fucking cranked right up. I've had people talk to me about like. Going through puddles like this, and they vapor lock the motor somehow. Like somehow they're getting weird. Oh, that's a good question. So you you did experience what I think is the biggest problem with that bike, and when you're it was when you're riding through that mud. I mean, w- what happened there? It's did it get head, hot. Did it fucking fill up the 
radiator? No, no. The ra- I mean, it had some mud in the radiator. It was just the type of mud it was. was like you couldn't see the tires. Yeah. And I don't mean just like they were dirty. I mean like it looked like retreads. Like it was like yeah. two inches <laughs> thick of mud the all The fender was smoothing out yes. the outside. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So it was like, you know, it was like thick, heavy clay mud. Yeah. So kind of the worst possible shit to ride in, especially on, I mean, I have like the street tires on it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even have, I don't even have what you have. I don't even have the 50-50s or any of that. I've got like the full street tire version. So I mean, I think that that's one place fire you I would look at. If, if For the adventure stuff, for doing off-road, that's my biggest complaint is the front fender. Even the rear fender, too. It just doesn't cover, doesn't do any protection. They're just both too short. Yeah. It throws shit right on the... Uh, radiator. The radiator and the shock in the back. Yeah. I'm for sure changing the front fender. Uh, How so? I mean, I don't want you to I'm spill going, it all, but like... Well, I'm going to Because like the way a, it attaches, it's not like a simple... Yeah, so I am using... I am... I have a... I have something in mind, a fender I've used on something else that's, it does attach similarly to that, but it's more of a full length fender. Yeah. Um, but it's just smoother. And it, again, all the stuff I'm changing is kind of smoothing up a lot of those body lines and stuff to make it a little more kind of traditional Harley. Yeah. Um, and it'll attach the same way and look, I think when it's done, you won't even really notice that like the fender's different. Really, but really? it won't have all those hard lines and stuff. Um, I'm doing some accessory stuff. You gonna paint it. it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The paint. The paint is like. No, I mean the fender specifically. Painted. Yeah. Okay. Painted fender. Tank. The the clamshell hard bags are gonna be body painted to match. Okay. Um, I'm doing. Now, I've also seen people paint the. Uh, be right behind the crash bars, that plastic right there. Yeah, that'll all be painted. Anything right now that is painted on the bike will be painted, plus a bunch of other stuff. And here's the kicker. I'm also, like, I'm chroming a bunch of stuff on that bike, too. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, the wheels are different. The brakes are going to be similar but different. You got the wire wheels down there? I have the wire wheels, yeah. yeah. Which I like. I think mean, they're cool. But if you look at any of my other bikes... You'll find one bike I've ever built with a spoked wheel on it. Yeah. Every wheel has mags or billet wheels or something. So I, mean, I love mag, but so I'm I'm doing my own custom wheels for that bike, changing sizes, changing like chrome, doing a bunch of stuff. You can like, go 21 up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought about doing that uh, mainly for the sand. When I first like, I think it was Moab that first summer when I was coming back from Sturgis. I got in this fucking crazy sand wash, and it it fucking ruined me. I mean, it was so tough. That bike's heavy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck. You know, I think, you know, one year BMW made a 21 that has that same style rim. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be done to where it yeah. looks, yeah. you know, looks right, except for the fender, would you know. But then I figured out how to ride it in the sand, and it fucking does great. And that idea just fucking disappeared. Okay. But I think it would be cool with a 21 up front. I mean, it, it's definitely I, doable. I, I, I haven't put them on, but I, like, mocked the wheels up. I put them next to the bike, and, like, it, it looks pretty sick. Yeah. Like, I'm doing a 17.55 in the back and a 21.3 up front. So it'll be, like, kind of modern modern sizes, modern tire kind of deal. Yeah. Um, uh, 
with the, what am I trying to say? Uh, what kind of, not a wire wheel though. No, like billet wheels. Yeah. Um, and it, it's probably not hard to guess what I'm gonna do because I've run very similar wheels on a lot of my bikes. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm doing that. Like I said, motor finishes. I'm doing a lot of chrome. I'm doing a lot of just, yeah. Like I, I it's gonna be, it's gonna be a street bike for sure. But I think like, again, I think like that will spark a little bit of like, oh, that would also work like this or yeah. whatever. So yeah, I, I can picture the thing being. Well, a real functional bike will have crossover stuff for sure. Yep. <clears throat> and I know that just you taking this trip, you know, you're gonna, the stuff's gonna be functional. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's gotta be. Like, yeah. otherwise, like, I, at this point, like, why even do it? If I was building, like, some crazy show bike or something like that, then, yeah, you, you give up functionality for, like, show appeal. Mm -hmm. That's part of the whole thing. But for a bike like this, like, n that's totally, it's, it's gotta be, like, all functional and then also look good. Looking, the looking good is as important to me, but, it can't be non-functional. It has to all be functional. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't improve the functionality, like, I'd just rather not do it. Now, the motor, I'm trying to think, there's a lot of little plastic pieces on there. Mm-hmm. You're just going to paint those, or? I'm going to either... Make them metal? Either replicate them, or not, not even really replicate. I'm going to leave stuff that's there there but change it and do either metal or chrome or aluminum or something um and some uh, maybe some paint stuff with some of that but like um again i think all that kind of ties in like i'm softening a lot of the lines and there's like a lot of familiar like just a little quick thing i'm i'm up in the air on like you know the little pan am where the air cleaner would normally be yeah. that little triangle deal it just pops off it pops, it doesn't do anything, it just pops off. Yeah. <clears throat> I have seen like an intake piece that they offer for Sportster that goes there. It's like a velocity stack. And at first I was thinking, oh, how stupid is this? It's like just a little phony velocity stack because the air box is under yeah. the tank. And But then I kind of looked further and I think there may be like a, an actual functionality to it. I think there is a tube that you can do. Well, did you see what <clears throat> Sean did with his? Yes. He did something like that. Right? Yeah. Well, they they've done a bunch of stuff, and they they um, FXR division has made like their own airbox with like vents up front and all that kind of stuff. I'm playing with the idea of that, but I think like getting rid of that little triangle cover, and I'm gonna kind of maybe thinking about doing like a shrunk down, um, sort of like oval air cleaner cover that sort of mimics like. The '90s the bikes, yeah, <laughs> something like that, like 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 more I of like. I could have sworn that's what Sean did. Did he not have an intake that comes out right there? You know, Sean with the the FXR with the Pan Am motor in it. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I know I, they make a bolt-on deal there, and I'm just not sure if the factory one is. But like that's something that I'm toying with as yeah. well, doing that, and like I'm gonna do like a coil cover. I'm gonna do. You know the chain guard's going to be different. Um, a lot of that, like stuff that has to be there or that should be there, will be there, but it won't be all plastic and stuff. It'll yeah. be at least finished differently. Did you or... see that guy? What's his name? Fucking something Earl. He did a what he did. He's done a BMW. 
and he just did a paint over. He widened the. Paint. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. I did. I saw the. Um, he had a my garage episode. Oh yeah, yeah. He did. Um, That's right. Yeah, I I did I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that bike in person, but yeah, I mean, his style is kind of like what you're talking about. He's done some custom stuff, but he, you know, in yep. the vein of something that could be factory. Yep. Yep. Uh, I I think like the widening of, I mean. For me, it's a two and a half gallon tank, basically, or maybe even a little more. I mean, dude, riding it, I'm getting 240 miles out of a tank. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, yeah. That and bike doesn't need to be a like, bigger tank. How much more, ga- like, you know, 240 miles sitting on that bike is a lot. So after 150, I'm ready to be like, all right, let's, let's put some gas in this thing and mm-hmm. get off the bike for a minute. So, But that tank is rad the way that he... Polished it. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Aluminum piece for sure, for sure. I'm so again not trying to give too much away, but um, <laughs> I'm digging now. <laughs> there are, you know, basically Sportster S is like very similar. A lot of the parts uh, crossover oh, yeah. but don't fit exactly the same. So I am using a. I think I'm using a Sportster S gas tank bottom. Essentially, okay. the rest of it's cut off already, yeah. and I'm just basically remaking all the top stuff. Um, you know, I'm I gotta figure this is all out. Is that tank aluminum or is that that's tank steel? Metal? That's, that's steel. steel yeah, that's why you can use it a little easier. Yeah, I mean, I can do all the aluminum stuff as well, um, but I I actually already had one, a sports dress one that was kind of half cut apart and was dented and stuff. Okay. So um, it was a nice way to do it. Yeah, and. Um, I'm going to I'm going to have some uh you know like for me that dash sits up really tall on the bike now and I know you have a bag on yours which like I, I kind of want to again like kind of s- slim it down and mm-hmm. make it a little more streety. Dude, uh, I hate that bag. You I, mean, do? I hate the way that it looks, but it's so fucking functional. Yeah. And you're fucking going through borders and shit and well, tolls Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know for adventure it's like you got to it's just like max storage and it's almost like like the way it looks is almost kind of secondary like it how much does it hold and you know all that's more important yeah but on mine like i I am doing a dash and i am probably going to have something in it for like like a little a pocket or something but real clean real minimal see that that dash it's fucking that is not very desirable but from a standing back and looking at it i do like the line that it brings to the table and the stance of that bike Mm -hmm. like just, I'd enjoy it. It's gonna all mine will have a complimentary line, but it's just gonna be yes, smaller, tucked in. You know, I would do wish that airbox was more like easier to service. Yeah, instead of having to pull the whole gas tank, tank yeah. and the lines and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm working on again. I, I think when I'd start tearing into it, I haven't really even taken it that much apart. Really. Um, so that's <clears throat> going to be something I'll address when I get to it. I mean, for bag options, I've already, I've got this, those bags that bolt right onto it factory. Mm-hmm. But I've also already developed like a bag mount system that uses the factory, like as is factory, my mount attaches to it, mm-hmm. then allows you to run the ST bags or the new, let's call them T-Sport bags, on off, quick release, Really? Yeah. So you'll have, essentially, when my bag brackets come out, you'll be able to run those bags I have, the clamshell sport bags, 
the ST bags or the new like canvas leather. Really, all bags. with the same. Essentially, just that mount just comes off super easy, and then you can run the other two style bags. So I've been running the the soft bags, uh, which have, they're the only, if they weren't soft, they wouldn't be working yep. right now. Yep. Uh, they they do not come on and off very easy at all. I really wished I could have gotten some Moscow. You know, I'm sure you're mm-hmm. familiar with them. Mm-hmm. They did a, an orange line of bags for like the KTM about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to find those because that fucking system they have where it, yep. you know, it's connected to that plate and that thing yep. just fucking comes off like a quick release hard bag is legit as fuck. And I like that material. The tarpaulin material. It's that rubber, yeah, you know, the tarpaulin quick stuff, dry. Yeah. Yep. It's fucking great. That, the fabrics that Moscow uses, is, I really do enjoy. Yeah, I checked out a lot of their stuff. Um, somewhere and at one of the shows and I was like yeah this stuff's really like I, you know I've, I've, even before I got the Pan Am I was like I wanted an adventure bike my buddy has a Tenere yeah, if you like fucking gear yeah I mean my, <laughs> like my buddy has a Tenere my other buddy have has you a, ridden the Tenere a little bit not like any long trips but yeah. just like around and I I really like it and my other friend has a uh, Africa Twin yeah. and I also really like it and so, you know, Tenere being, like, maybe a little small. Like, if I was really going to push adventure and ride adventure, I would probably go with something. <clears throat> if that was my main focus, I would go with maybe that bike being smaller, right? Yeah. But I, w- I knew, like, I just want something like what I'm doing right now. Cross-country, a little off-road, mostly on-road mm-hmm. kind of thing. I was thinking, well, if I don't get the Pan Am, like, if this shit doesn't work out for me like that, I might just buy a used Africa Twin and just see how I like it. You know what I mean? Not a lot of custom options, I feel like, for those things as much as... I don't think that clientele... Yeah. You know, they... They do bags and maybe some lights, and that's kind of it, I feel like. Whereas... Maybe some protective stuff. Yeah. Guards. Yeah, I... I, But again, you know, now I'm on Pan Am, so... I'm I'm gonna push... Have you been or owned any other brands? I've had KTMs before, okay. but like I mean, I had like a I had a Duke KTM six hundred and ninety Duke, but it had more kind of knobbier tires on it. But again, I I rode it street. I didn't. I don't. I just don't like. I live in the city. I've always lived in the city. I don't really have very much dirt bike experience mm-hmm. or off road. Um, I, I I like it. I want to do more of it. I just don't have the accessibility. I think as one. You know, that's one thing I've kind of told the people I've talked to at Harley is, like, how much they need to teach people to, like, to fully take advantage of that bike. You know, you can't just go ride it off. Like, it would help to have some, you know, some lessons or teach these yeah. motherfuckers so that they can go experience everything that bike has to offer. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, there's just so much rad shit that you can go see oh, off-road. Yeah, 100%. I. And I, I've, like, all the traveling I've done, I've gone in some spots, but I haven't really gone deep into some places. And, uh, you with know... With the van life, you need one of those fucking platforms on the back with a dirt bike where you can, like, just fucking go explore. Anywhere. Um, Dude, I, I got a KTM 350. Have you ridden one of those? Uh, not the 350. Fuck it. Those things are so bad. I, from what I understand, yeah, they're sort of like a 450, but a 350. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. 
Yeah, I, you know, after this trip, like, and I am, I'm committed to doing the street version of this Pan Am, but I <laughs> kind of, like, I, you know, I may have to, like, do a really good job on this one and be like, so by the way, is there another one that I could do like the opposite Fuck version yeah, on? There is. So I, I would, and I and believe me, I have already like mood boards of like what I would do for an off-road one and like specific stuff. So I that's already there. So as soon as I finish this one, I may jump right back in the ring for another one. We'll yeah. see. But I don't know. I've also done I've done plenty of times where I've built multiple bikes at one time because like it allows me to sort of like I hope doing this bike and I'll come up with an idea but it won't work on this bike it wants to work on another oh, bike. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm doing two bikes at once it's a, it's actually cool for me because then I can be like okay I'm not going to use it on this cuz it doesn't go with everything else but this and I can you know it's actually cool. It keeps me from burning out. Like there, there's too much to do. So if I get bored or something, like I've said, building choppers, when stuff's like out at chroming or powder coat or whatever else, like if I have like a little bit of idle time, I'm kind of like my mind will be like, oh, what about dirt bikes or something? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I have like two projects, I'm ultra busy, and that keeps me just focused on. It's those. funny. I was you said that it made me think of like the salt flat guys where they build a bike all year long to race one day you know like but then once it's done you're still just thinking about you know oh, let me go try like just tweaking the whole time you know mm-hmm. I just can't that's so crazy that they do that all year that fascinates year. me you know and it's then like, half time get rained out or yeah something. I was gonna say and then, it's, and then it's like surfing it's like you can only do so much because you're still reliant on the weather and yep. mother nature you yeah. know and surf's at least halfway consistent. That stuff is like, dude, guys travel across the world to go race there, and they're like, they get there, and they're like, nah, yeah, we're not doing it this year. Yeah. Closed. Wow. 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 Yeah, man. Have you ever done any racing? Yeah, I used to flat track race um, before I moved to California. Uh, for a couple years, I raced uh, District 6 and 7 flat track I did vintage class open B and 30 plus. Nice. Then the Yamaha Framer. Fun. I mean, I was really into it for a while. Um, what motor, like an XT? TT5. It was a TT540, <coughs> so 500, but it stroked to 40. Um, yeah, champion frame. I had a night frame. Um, both bikes, like basically full framer race bikes. They're super fun. So you got some dirt experience. Yeah, that's a that's totally different though. Yeah, that's like I mean, and again, I jumped into that like, I mean, I only started riding motorcycles a little bit before I started racing. Yeah. Like I, I was just like I want to race, and I just went and did. Uh, my first race ever was um, it was a half mile uh, like pea gravel cushion track. Oh shit, a half mile. Yeah, of pea gravel. Yeah, and they're like, like. Literally, first time ever, like, not even, like, practice laps. They're just like, go ahead, you know? And I'm like, okay. I took, I did, I did do, like, a race school. I did do a race school, but I basically, yeah, just jumped in both feet and, like, I mean, of course I came in last place, but, like, full learning experience. Fucking rolling the half mile with pea gravel and fucking. Oh, yeah. 
Dude, that's Dude. so gnarly. Like, like <clears throat> you know, you, the, the, the start is like halfway down the back straight. So by the time I got to turn one, I'm already like, <laughs> I'm like, Dude, I hit the brake and like didn't even like n- scrubbed no speed off. Like it just like and I'm like, oh, like I and then you know you got a heavy boot. <laughs> yeah. You got a heavy boot and you got a, a steel shoe and you got like a actually a good disc brake on the back, like grind like a disc, you know, caliper. Dude, I went back and cracked the line open, put air in the line. Yeah, so it, like done it, that too. it wouldn't yeah. you know lock up like instantly uh-huh. and yeah i mean but you know figured it out and like after i mean did that i started racing a lot like as much as i could and just jumped in both feet and then like right when i moved to california i was like okay i need to like sell some stuff and whatever i ended up selling my bike and i i that was kind of actually right before like the hooligan thing kind of took off yeah and all my friends, oh, come on, get another bike, race. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I don't know. I wasn't over it, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. My head was in other places, so. Well, so you took a, uh, you did a racing school. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And that was like a two-day deal, super camps. I, uh, I would like to do that. I would like to just train with somebody really good on off-road, period. Just like. It makes a huge, like. Knowing what I know after the school, had I not done the school, not, not even not even a chance. That dude. first turn in the pea gravel oh, and the dude, half mile was a bit fun. Yeah, into the wall, into the <laughs> yeah. wall. Like it's uh, so different than kind of what you think it's going to be. Right. And then just you know doing the school and like having the guys be like, bot just body position and mm-hmm. just things like basic things. You know, like, dude, I, I rode for, like, a bunch of years before I even, like, got my license or anything, like, probably a lot of people. But, you know, like, I had to do the little, like, beginner Harley course or whatever to, like, get the license. Yeah. And um, even doing that, like, you know, like, oh, man, I was actually probably doing, like, I had bad habits. You know what I mean? Like, everyone mm-hmm. does. So just I think, like, even, like, seasoned riders, if you go and do something, it's, yeah. like, a refresher course. It's good. I took a class... <clears throat> At in Tennessee at the Motorcycle Music Revival, and it was like an off-road beginner Harley class. That yep. They had. And uh, you know, wouldn't say I learned a lot, but you know, there's definitely stuff to pick up. Oh know? yeah, yeah. And it, and it also made me realize, like, fuck, I should take like an advanced class. Like I know, yeah, that there's other things. There's better teachers, better riders that are good at explaining shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I have, I do appreciate that, and I'm a good fucking learner too. Yeah. Like I'll listen. I don't, you know, I'm not. Yeah, like that, 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 that's, I'm so glad I took that race school. I mean, and, and I've, I've like drag raced and done a bunch of that stuff too, but yeah. for like actual, I mean, well, so earlier I was going to ask you if you've customized any other brands of bikes and racing bikes. Is, all. I mean, yeah, yeah. Basically all. Yeah. That's all. I just, bu- I just built a KZ drag bike for a customer, yeah. like an actual like framer, like, like a real, uh, an actual competitive drag bike. And my race bikes, and I've had dirt drag bikes before, and I've had um, like you know sport bikes, like leader sport bikes that were everything done to those. Really? Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I yeah, like like it's nothing is untouched. Period. <laughs> like literally nothing, man. What about a BMW? I've never done a BMW, but 
uh, forever. My old neighbor back in Baltimore is like a real like airhead BMW guy, and um, forever, man, he's he's had like R100s's and you know just like kind of cool. He raced BMW side like sidecar stuff and all kind of road race stuff. And I've always said, man, I want to get one of his old bikes and do sort of like a late 70s, early 80s, like what I envision, like an Autobahn, like Ghost Rider kind of thing. Like, you know, it's kind of mini fairing, yeah. like just like a hopped up R100S and like just some like Midnight Rider kind of like that. that I had that vision for a while and I just haven't haven't had time to do it, but. You mean off-road BMW or well, just period? Anything? Yeah, I mean that's just like a. But yeah, I was leaning that direction. Yeah, like that's that. the only one I haven't really. To- I, I've never owned a BMW. That's the, I, probably one of the only ones I haven't owned. Yeah. But totally open, totally open to any and all. You know, you were just talking earlier about like taking something that doesn't that doesn't attract you and making it so that it does mm-hmm. and so I think about that BMW like the hardest one is try and make that that thing not look goofy yeah I think it's possible but I, I think so too I would like to see somebody do it I definitely think so too I think you know again I'm not uh, I'm not adventure guy and the BMW the you know I don't want to talk shit about all this but like <laughs> the BMW crowd is what is not attractive to me with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again why I like the Harley because it's Harley is always sort of like the bad boy mm-hmm. in anything, right? Like yeah. it's it just has that connotation. And I like that Harley in the adventure market is kind of looked at as like the outcast in a way. Mm-hmm. And, but it's totally capable. Like, it's right there with BMW. Fuck if, yeah, You know what is. I mean? Like, yeah. so I really like that. It's not, it's not an underdog story because, techn- you know, like, it's, it's there. It's 100% there. But I think just as, like, snobby guys would look down their nose and, like, oh, it's, but it's a Harley. You know, like, yeah. I like that. I, yeah. I like being that. And, that, again, that's, I want to do my brand that, like, re- reflects that. You know, it's like we're—I'm not the adventure guy, but I—I want to be <laughs> out of context, kind of like with that. Well, let's yeah. go ride them, dude. Yeah, let's do it, dude. Thanks for sitting down. Absolutely, I appreciate this man. Absolutely, I'll Look. see you at the next. Uh, well, I don't know, maybe born for Sturgis. Sturgis, yeah. I see you at Sturgis. We'll riding and back then, up to Sturgis. Absolutely, dude. Are you on the new one, or are you still on that? Or you're you're on that the flame one still? Yeah, I just got it back. Sick. Yeah, I haven't seen it since. Milwaukee since last time I was here in February. <laughs> it's fucking great. Awesome. Well, yeah, dude. I'm down. Beautiful. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Uh, he's a fucking wicked dude. We After we got done recording, we went out and just like talked about the parts while looking at the bikes and his ideas and showing me all the shit he's going to chrome and the motor finishes and... You know, then we talked about the road and where he was going to go from there. And I really enjoyed sitting down with him and, you know, hanging out in Milwaukee. We ended up recording so long in this podcast, I missed the parade. But, you know, shit happens. And uh, I got to go fucking ride off into the sunset. We both split ways, went different directions. I think almost completely opposite directions. But uh, Oliver, thank you for sitting down with me. Go check out mcshoptees.com, lowbrowcustoms.com. 
uh, MotorcycleSherpa.com, KnivesMadeByNick.com, PrismSupply.com, CycleElectric.com, LeadSledCustoms.com, MyWifeIsHot.com. All right. Love you guys. Peace. (laughs) 